For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's show, Matt rules the dance floor at the NFL owners meetings. Cody Lashley's going to be in the house in just a minute. Uh, we're going to hold down the fort until he gets here. CK in the house. Welcome back uh, to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, always happy to be here every Tuesday night. Just trying to talk about the Panthers whenever I can, as often as I can. And, you know, obviously we're not dealing with a tremendous amount of news this week, so it should be pretty light, but so good to be here with you boys. Yeah, um, that is good. Thanks. Uh, Greg in the house, how you doing? I'm doing better than last week, man. Sorry, I had to miss it. I was uh, feeling a little under the weather, finally starting to feel like myself again and get all this cleared up. But, you know, like CK said, man, this is the best place to be on Tuesday night with y'all. Um, yeah, I mean, is, my, is the COVID stuff passed, you guys? Like, did you have COVID? No, I didn't have COVID. Okay. I just, uh, they, I got tested for COVID and the flu, and he told me that if he didn't call me back, that it wasn't COVID. So he never called okay. me back. So uh, that's a quick, that's an easy way to be lazy, dude. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, I assume that you're not sick if you're not sick. <laughs> so. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, like I said, never coming back. So I was like, all right, cool. No, no. I mean, uh, it's just, it seems like we're finally out of the weeds at this, at least uh, at my work and stuff. We don't have to wear the mask anymore. Um, I went to the gas station the other day and they had taken down that plexiglass thing that was hanging from the, the ceiling. Yeah, like, all the but, gas stations I'm at too. Yeah. So, um, so that's good news. Uh, well, we're glad you're feeling better. Um, we do have a little bit of stuff to talk about. Owners meetings, Matt Rule, um, his continued coaching statements. And now Cody Lashney's here. What's up, my man? What's up, boys? Another Tuesday night. Happy to be coming back to you. Uh, we got some news from the NFL owners meeting. Uh, it was Scott Fever and Matt Rule tipping their hand as to what they may or may not do during the draft. A ton of stuff to talk about, but as always, Tony, you know we're going to be doing it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. My man Drew, Andrew Park, ATX19, Blake Bettis, Black Jesus, Dan Floyd, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Matt Knows Nothing, Nick and Off Grid, Panther Pickle, Tommy Doc Martin, Trill One, Tony Dunn, and I'm too about to do it, brother. Let's roll. All right. Um, I guess maybe we should start with the owners' meetings today. They did. I guess the biggest uh, news that came out of this was um, the changes to the overtime rules. Um, so after watching that um, 
shootout between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs in one of the most exciting football games in the history of football, it felt like. Um, people really started to question that, you know, in the past, we've, you know, this is the second time they've they changed. It used to be sudden death, first person just score, period, I think, right? It's like you could kick a field goal for the right. win. Um, and then they moved it because that was so anticlimactic in a way that they gave this idea that like each person's going to get the ball unless you score a touchdown on the open in possession. That's going to end it. Um, and now um, they're, I think, giving the, both teams a chance to score. So um, yeah. it, it seemed like the league was heavily, heavily in favor of that. Three teams voted against it. I'm kind of interested in why they voted against it more than anything. Did they just want to change the rules entirely to a college type system? I'm not really sure. And is it a college type? What does this mean now? Like, what is the overtime? Is that now just both teams get the ball? Well, it means if so, if you think back to Kansas City versus Buffalo, Kansas City went down, scored a touchdown on their first drive in overtime. Uh, and basically, what it means is that Buffalo would have then gotten a chance to put up points and go and match the points that they put up. So I'm assuming it means you have to get a touchdown and extra point on your drive in order to right. be successful. Um, Matt Rule did an interview, uh, he also brought up. Uh, the Panthers and the Vikings, how, uh, you know, they beat us in overtime and that if we hadn't gotten a possession, it would have uh, changed some things for us. Although I do think this rule only affects the playoffs. It isn't. A yes, that's right. It's game. not a yeah, regular, not regular season game. So, yeah, uh, yeah um, this is only I wonder why. Play. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at this, man. I mean, if you remember what I feel, I feel like if you're the home team, automatically the away team shouldn't get the ball during overtime just because you're the whole right. team and you've had four quarters of football to put them away and you couldn't do it. But um, I think this is a happy compromise. And uh, honestly, when you look at Josh Allen and what he did and him and Gabriel Davis, the performance that they put up uh, in the AFC championship game, you want to give them a reason to continue doing what they were doing. So right. I think it's a good move. This is uh, Matt Rule. Um, when asked about it, he said, I'm for it. You see what we're paying quarterbacks right now to have an elite quarterback not uh, have a chance to touch the ball to go in the game. We played Minnesota this year. We had an unbelievable comeback, scored 11 points in four minutes and lost the game when they scored a touchdown in overtime and didn't get a chance to touch the ball. Um, I know people are traditionalists, but I was in college football where both teams get a chance to touch the ball, I think. As competitive as we can make it, looking at the stats the competition committee gave out, it's not going to be a ton more plays for the guys. So I'd be 100% in favor of it. So again, you know, it stood out to me, Cody, about this comment is this continued fascination and discussion of elite quarterbacks. The hunt, yeah. the need, um, it is, he um, is an addict looking for a score <laughs> when it comes to a quarterback. And uh, did you guys see the Deshaun Watson video that got leaked from the deposition? How does this get leaked, first of all? Dude, honestly, you sharing it to our chat was my first time seeing it. I had not seen that before. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, Just came today, I think. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why, uh, you know, whenever they ask Matt Rule, he doesn't have a lot to say about Deshaun. I think that's one of the biggest reasons we haven't heard from David Tepper. 
is because David Tepper just does not have a good answer on why the Panthers pursued Deshaun so heavily and yet yeah. still failed to land him. And then it's like, you have to answer all the questions that the Browns had to answer about Deshaun and you didn't even land him. It's like, you're, you're just justifying your interest in him. So I, I kind of think that's why we haven't heard from David Tepper, but you well, I think, uh, well, uh, did you see the Deshaun yeah. Watson intro press conference? I didn't get uh, a chance to watch much of it. Okay. I watched it for the Browns, and I got to tell you, I don't believe a word Watson says now. I think he's a total liar, bro. 100% <laughs> lying. That dude came out. They asked him. They said, how much did the contract, the new contract play into you? He said, you not choosing a thing. He said absolutely like, nothing. Yeah. yeah. I said, this yeah. man is lying about oh, everything, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Because that's the difference. Cody, I told you, if you really wanted to get this guy, that's like you're now courting him. You know, you ain't courting the, the the Texans anymore. That you've already made it through. That you yeah. know, you got the date with the daughter. The dad agreed to it. Now you got to get the girl to want to go. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Deshaun Watson to come play. And don't give me that bull crap, Deshaun. That 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 no. Oh, I didn't care about the money at all until then. Come on. Yeah, because I mean, he actually he turned them down at first after their first offer, and then when they came back with a bigger offer, he went back to them. So that that right there tells you that he's lying about it. it had there's to be about reason. The money. There's reason enough to believe that if the Panthers would have guaranteed the third and fourth year of his contract, that he would have became a Carolina Panther. Yeah, right. I mean that could. It I mean, it's like, this was money thing at the end of the day. What ruled mm-hmm. the day, um, and we just didn't have the ability or the financial ability to pull it off, I guess. I mean, yeah. or not, or the willingness uh, in a good way though. I got to say this is um, I'm glad it's over. Right. And I want to clear the air on Deshaun Watson before we jump into the quarterbacks, just for me sure. is that um, I think we had to recognize that the Panthers were interested in Deshaun Watson and um, their interest was there despite, or regardless of what we, felt about the position, right? If we liked the, the idea, if we didn't like the idea. And I think the other thing is, is just to be candid, is that we know that not having a quarterback and having a quarterback, what that does for your team. So Deshaun Watson, the player, which they said Deshaun Watson, the person in that press conference, like a bazillion times. But we all knew that that would um, make our team a significantly different team. So, the excitement there of adding a player, but then there were the question at what cost, you know, um, not only the cost of the organizational cost, but the ethical costs that go involved into it. And I gotta be honest, I'm glad it's over and I'm just glad it's settled And to And to be honest, I'm glad it didn't happen because it, it's just a, it's not gonna, it's not over, you know, and it's just continue to be, um, a saga going on for the rest of his career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Regardless. it's like a, yeah, yeah, and so it's going to take a long time for that to be a non-issue entirely. Um, now, with that said, it, it allows us to know since that's not an option anymore, the hunt is still on, the search is still on for that quarterback you heard matt rule talking about elite i mean they can't stop they can't get quarterbacks out of their mouths right their names out of their mouths like uh will smith would say and um 
they are interested in these rookie quarterbacks. What we've heard, what I've heard, Cody, is that there are three quarterbacks they see as first round talents, or at least that they are interested in: Willis, Pickett, and Corral. Um, the Carolina Panthers have supposedly um, been open to trading back. Some people have said. Uh, and I also saw this is that the Detroit Lions have taken calls about trading to number two. Uh, people interested in trading number two. Do you think that's smoke? And what do you make of nope. the new kind of direction the Carolina Panthers are looking at quarterback? Well, let me start by saying this. Uh, Scott Fitterer pretty much delivered a big nothing burger worth of a comment. So his exact words, uh, this is from uh, The Athletic. It says, um, uh, this is on the the only pick in the first 136 selections. He said, it really depends on who's there at six. We'd love to trade back. We'd love to acquire some picks. But if you can't and you can get a really good player, then just do that. It's hard to say right now. So basically, Scott Federer said, literally every option imaginable to the Carolina Panthers is still on the table. Right now, they're trying to not tip their hand as Mm -hmm. to what their draft board looks like, as to what they want to do in the draft. Um. And if you look at the draft media, it's pretty much split as to what the Panthers should do. Many people think now that someone like Evan Neal or Akima Kwanu are going to be available with that six pick in the draft and that you have to take that opportunity to upgrade your offensive line. But yes, Tony, you're right. This question around the quarterback continues to surface. And Matt Rule would also go on to say that of the three different quarterbacks, Pickett, uh, Corral and Willis that he believes one of them will be a top 10 pick. Now he did not say which one, um, but we do know that uh, the night of Kenny Pickett's pro day, Matt rule took him out to dinner. Um, they had a long conversation with him. We do know that all three of the quarterbacks are set to meet with the Carolina Panthers um, at some point as a part of the Panthers. Um, uh, visits with their 30 prospects that they're allowed to meet with. So, I, I mean, this is why I was, I was excited to do today's show and have this discussion with everyone. Cause there really isn't a bad opinion on what the Panthers should do going forward. Like there is no good answer. Do you take a chance on one of these quarterbacks at six and none of them are what you would call complete projects. You would be gambling to draft any one of these quarterback prospects. However, if you don't, then you're either left with free agency, but your options are Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, or you are forced to go with Sam Darnold as your quarterback for 2022, which I maintain and have for a while. David Tepper is not interested in doing so my question to all of you guys, I mean, not not just the quarterbacks, but what is the best move for the Panthers at this juncture? I want to shout down this comment right here. Chris Cardwell, say no to Malik, Jamarcus, Russell, Willis. I think they have zero. I think there's zero comparisons between those two guys. Like, I mean, first of yeah. all, one, you got like an LSU talent who I think – went deep in the postseason that year and got a lot of acclaim. I don't think he won the national. Cha- I can't remember if he won the national championship with LSU that no, year. He didn't. He didn't. 
but they went deep, you know. Um, but he was, and I hate to say this, he was just not bright. Well, he, also, he just wasn't like a football. smart, like a, like a, and, and if anything, um, with Malik Willis is that the head on his shoulders might be his greatest asset that I've seen so far. Really good Wonderlick score. I mean, so it's not just he's charismatic. He's like, leader. yeah. So like, yeah. I just don't like that. Um, now go ahead, Greg. I know you were, you were about to jump in and answer this. What should the Panthers do? There's no bad takes. Cody said, you can draft these linemen, trade back and acquire picks, which I think is more difficult than people make it out to be. Um, or and how do you fix this going forward? What do you, what do we do? I honestly think with the acquisitions we've already gotten free agency and everything with this line, if the, you have a, a, a basically no no risk offensive lineman, you guys feel are out there that we can get at six. I would go with that and just run with Darnold one more year. To be truly honest with you, I'm I'm kind of at that point because best case scenario we have a better offensive line and Darnold actually does play better. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could, you never know worse. I mean, and then actually it's still not a bad scenario. If we are in the top 10 next year with a better offensive line to draft a better quarterback, I'm saying go offensive line right here. Not that I have anything against these quarterbacks. I just haven't been blown away. And I've heard so many things from so many different people about these quarterbacks. So I don't know. It's not, there's nobody that's like, everybody's confident about like Trevor Lawrence last year, even though Trevor Lawrence was a different situation. There's nobody out there like that, so I'd rather get offensive line at the moment. Do we think that David Tepper would be willing to let Sam Darnold quarterback this team for uh, for 2022? Or is he just in the position where it, him and Matt Rule have no choice but to sleep in the bed they make? I think that's what it is because you got to pay him, right? I mean, I mean – I, I just don't see him putting that much more. The only way to 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 fix this is to be patient right here, right now. Get Darnold out of there, build this offensive line, and work. I saw an article earlier. It was a CBS draft pick, and the title in the article was Panthers Panic at number six and draft quarterback. And I thought about that, and it, that kind of might be true. I um, have mixed opinions on this, Cody. One, uh, I say scare money don't make no money. And so True. if you're scared to draft a quarterback all the time, you're never going to get a quarterback. Right? I mean, that's what like Scott you're just Fitter is saying. That's like, what I mean, if, is basically saying now. But is there um, a, I mean, but there's a difference between being scared and you just not seeing reaching, a guy out there. Yeah, and exactly. Reaching, right? And, but here's the thing is I think that um I don't really get the conversation of like uh, like these guys are such a inferior class of quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you this, even in the top class of quarterbacks, even last year, I don't think many of them were pro ready period, you know, or like are going to go and win you a lot of games on their own in their rookie year. What quarterback, even Peyton Manning stepped in and threw a bazillion in, in, uh, interceptions his first season. So if the answer to stay away from a guy is because of where they are going to be on day one, um versus who you have on the roster day one or so for instance people say Pickett is better day one than willis well i really don't care about day one i actually care about year three or week six or week eight or week 28 the next year is so like i mean and i i'm actually warmed to the idea of picking any of them 
Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't even care. If I if you're going to pick, if or how about this? Is Would it be reaching for the Carolina Panthers to draft Kenny Pickett in the second round? And you would say, no. Oh, man. He's like, we can go. Well, then you know what? Then you should just draft him at six, too. Yeah. If you're willing to, if you're willing to give him the, and build theoretically around you, around him in the future, then you might as well go ahead and start the process. Yeah. So I, I think that being scared, and, and that's what Matt, Matt uh, Scott Fitter said is like, just because you swung and missed doesn't mean you don't keep swinging. Now, if I want them to pick the player that they truly believe could give them an opportunity to build a franchise around in the future. I don't care who is, which one it is. You can say it's Willis. You can say it's Pickett. You can say it's Corral. You can say it's next year and a guy. I just want when them to pick this person to have the confidence in their own selection rather than just continue to bring the idea that we just throw shit up against the wall until something sticks. Like this blind swinging, I'm not interested in. I'm interested in a really targeted selection. And my final point on this matter is something I think I've been pretty consistent with. Is like uh, picking a quarterback right now since we missed out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Like, I mean, unless you somehow land like a trade for Kyler Murray. I mean, look, you bring in a Jimmy G, you bring in a Gardner Minshew, you bring in a name, any of these mid-level or below mid-level type quarterbacks, honestly. And it's not going to move the needle any different significantly that saves anybody's, that salvages the reputation of Matt Rule, that salvages fan hopes. And I think the only thing that can save Matt Rule's job is hope. And that is hope in the future. I think they missed this opportunity. They told us how they wanted to build in the past, and they had a really good plan. They didn't execute it. They went against their own plan. Um, We missed the opportunity to get a quarterback last year. I feel like they're reeling. And I just think this is that if they draft an offensive tackle, that means this is that we're thinking we have a lot more work to do than we expected um, and that this is a 2023 new coach quarterback move. If we draft a quarterback here, I think there's an outside chance somehow Matt Rule could save his job. Yeah, I I I feel that the Panthers, they have someone that they prefer of those three. And I think, you know, Matt Rule kind of tipped his hand a little bit. Matt Rule said one of them we believe will be a top 10 pick. Well, they are picking in the top 10. So that kind of says to me that right now, if they were going to pick a quarterback, there's only one that they truly think is worthy of picking at number six. At least that's how I read the situation. That's how I read the matter. Um, I, I do agree with you, Tony. If you like them at six, you should just draft them. Um, I, I think the Panthers are deeply regretting not having their second and third round picks this year. And I, I, I think that's really hurting them at this point in time. They wanted to be able to use uh, their draft picks to continue to build the defense and the the offensive line and the defensive line, I really feel like. But they are so desperate for that quarterback position. I mean, I I agree, Tony. If you're talking about hope and what could possibly help survive Matt Rule's NFL career, you have to put it on a young quarterback that gives you the hope to do something on offense and going forward. 
Because unless Sam Darnold is able to take some drastic step forward, there is not going to be a lot of Panther fan enthusiasm about Sam Darnold being the starting quarterback next year. I mean, for as good as our team is, for as good as the free agency signings have been, is there one person either on this podcast or in this chat that would actually be excited about the Carolina Panthers going forward if Sam Darnold was your quarterback? Like, no. No, I, mean, I think excitement's the wrong word to use, though. But I'm kind of with Greg on this. Is like, I do see that you've kind of, you screwed up on the Sam Darnold trade. You sign the option, and you're kind of just where you are. So if you just draft the tackle and you don't like one of these quarterbacks, you're really playing for 2023 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I have with Sam Darnold is I think he's become a scapegoat for this team to a certain degree. I think that um, the inadequacies of the team on the offensive line, the coaching staff, and just the overall plan of development of the team were just as big as problems as Sam Darnold's play last year. And that just kind of was a result of all of those bad decisions rather than the cause of all our problems. I do think that Sam Darnold could probably be better in year two behind a better offensive line, but how much better, I don't know. I don't think that this coaching staff or this organization really cares to find out either. All right. Um, my final point on that is I would be fine. Look, is that I would, I would like, uh, I just don't think moving, I, I think the problem with Sam Darnold, it turns out not to be Sam Darnold is why do we have to pay so much to get Sam Darnold? Right. If, if why is it that you can go and get a Gardner Minshew supposedly for a fourth, but we had to give up a second and a third for a failed quarterback on a team that they knew was drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, why do we have to give so much for Sam Darnold? And I think that's what stings here is if Sam Darnold would have sucked and we still would have had our second and third round pick and we were picking at six, we really wouldn't have that much problem. We'd probably be like, you know what? Let's take a quarterback somewhere in this draft. Let Sam Darnold, you know, play for a few weeks, see where things are and stack this team and get better for the future. But the problem is, is we gave so much up for Sam Darnold that it's like, he ruins more than just the 2022 season, 2021 season. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're screaming in the chat room and it's, it's, you know, just like what you're saying here, Tony, there, there's no reason to believe that Sam Darnold with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and a better offensive line shouldn't get a chance to, to, to try again, you know, especially paying this guy. I think I agree. I think that, you know, there's, there's to Tony's point, I think he would be a better quarterback if those things were to happen. But I also, again, I, I'm I'm of the same mind of the ownership. I'm not necessarily of the mind to give him a shot on that. Um, you're paying him. I the thing that I would say is, if I mean, and to one Cody's point earlier, his question was, "What do we do in the draft? Is there anything we can do wrong?" I think if we hadn't fucked up the past two years as badly as we did, then it would be easy. What was going on this in this draft? The problem is because of the uncertainty of our quarterback and our left tackle position, um, it makes it infinitely more difficult to figure out what this team is meant to or going to be doing. Um, I don't know that there's a wrong decision if you go left tackle or QB. Um, I don't think we're going to know that answer until the end of next year. Yeah, is you know what? There is no uh, wrong answer if you draft that uh, left tackle 
or any offensive lineman, there's a certain degree, there's an uncertainty that surrounds their future. You, it doesn't mean they're guaranteed to be good, but you know what? It's, it would be an understandable move to build around in the future. You know what I'm saying? Just like last year for people who did not want to take a quarterback while we were sitting there, take, um, build uh, Slater, take Slater. You know what I'm saying? It's like, is that it wasn't, and un, it's not an unreasonable pick to pick a a tackle. I think it's one thing to pick a tackle because you want to pick them and you think it's the right move. I think it's another thing to pick an offensive lineman because you're scared of failing at picking a quarterback, right? And and that's for me is this is like if you would pick this guy at twenty, if you would pick Malik Willis at twenty, if we were sitting at twenty, and Malik Willis falls to us where the Pittsburgh Steelers are exactly at. Would you say, oh, man, I don't know if we should do this. And if you say that, then you shouldn't pick them at all. Like, I mean, then it's a Will Greer pick. If you wouldn't pick them at 20, then it might as well be a Will Greer pick. So if you would pick them at 20, then you would pick them at six, I think. And at the time, and this is where, like, you just need the quarterback, dude. And to be honest, it's harder to find a quarterback than it is to find offensive linemen. I think. The only thing about the statement of if you would pick him at 20, then you would pick him at six is you have to add in there. If other, if all the other players were available, like there's a difference when you're picking him at 20, all the other players that you may have picked before him are going to be gone. So it is a little bit different. So pick him at 20, pick him at six. If the players that you may have drafted before him are gone, then that statement works. But what if they go in, but what if imagine this is what if the Panthers pick this, uh, who's that, uh, Notre Dame safety. Kyle Hamilton, who has seen yeah. his stock kind of drop over the past uh, few weeks. ran. Why do you think that is? Well, he ran slower than expected at the combine. He ran like a high 4-4, but kind of in the 4-5s. So they didn't run as fast. And apparently during his pro day, he ran again and ran a 4-7, which is weird oh, because – yeah, now it's a weird case of like, man, how fast is he? Then, of course, you look at his play tape, and his play tape is really, really good. I'm not as enamored with Kyle Hamilton as a lot of draft pundits are. But A month ago, they said really this guy was the best player in the draft. A month ago, yeah. they said he was the best BPA. So my point is this. is and to respond changes? To, yeah, uh, crazy. Um, with what you're saying, Greg, is I – well, imagine if we just picked straight B and we just said, you know what? We're picking a safety here at six. Right. And you go, well, I'll, he's he, he's just the best player on the board. And I would say, how do you even an inch between like what makes Sewell and Slater the best player on the board? Right. Right. It's like part opinion, part speculation, mm-hmm. part. There is no real answer to that. And so that's just what I mean is like, who's going to change your team dynamic more. Right. And this goes back to my tight end thing is I don't care how good this tight end is. It's just, he's not going to be the answer. Imagine picking a tight end in the top 10 here and we don't got a quarterback. And you say, Oh, well, he's the best tight end prospect we've ever seen in our life. And you're like, well, why did you just pick that left tackle guy? I don't know. I just uh, I just feel like what does our team need? And our team massively needs offensive line, 
or quarterback. Like it almost seems like every other position is irrelevant until those positions are fixed. But can I can I just pose this to everyone? Imagine for a minute, you know, everyone calls Billy Willis the upside quarterback in this year's draft. Well, imagine if he is another Justin Herbert. Imagine if he is another Josh Allen. Two uh, two quarterbacks that were heavily criticized for so many different things: lack of touch, lack of uh, accuracy downfield, lack of ability to read the field. I, I mean it. All I'll say is this, man. Uh, Yeah, Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, When you look at all the trades, Lamar Jackson, those guys. uh, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different comparisons that you can make. But what I'm here to tell you is this: if you look at all the trades that you bet on, and a player being able to acquire new things once they enter the NFL. You look at mental and emotional intelligence. This is one thing that Justin Herbert and Josh Allen had in common. They were very intelligent, had a very high Wonderlic score, and they were able to pick up the intricacies of an NFL playbook. Well, I'm here to tell you that Malik Willis is the very same kind of quarterback, highly intelligent, high, you know, uh, an incredible arm talent, physical. He runs like a running back, incredibly powerful. I'm not here to tell you that he's going to have a Justin Herbert jump in season one just because I don't know if he's going to be able to make that jump. What I do know is that he is highly intelligent with all the physical attributes that you want to see in a franchise quarterback, and he gives me the reasons to believe that he's going to be able to pick up an NFL playbook and be a good leader. So. I would bet on Malik Willis at this point. And to be honest, I know this is something that Tony doesn't want to hear. But I say bring back Cam Newton for another year if he's willing to sign here and let Malik Willis sit for a year under Cam. And whatever, you're going to be paying Sam Darnold $18 million. Why don't you just let him sit under Sam Darnold? He's not going to learn anything from Sam Darnold. And I yeah, do believe but like, that I mean, you know what that is that? That's bull crap. Is that you really don't learn from the man? They, you're spending that time with the quarterback's coach. That's what you got a quarterback's coach for. Mm-hmm. Right. And so is that like he really is? But I don't Cam think that all of a sudden he. Some things? I, th- I think he could. I think he couldn't. Yeah, but I just it, don't it, know if it would be necessarily worth the the money acquisition. And again, I don't want to see Cam Newton benched in shame because Matt rule is worried about his damn job or whatever it is. So I don't want to do that to him. I also think this is, um, I like the upside argument of Willis. Like I'm kind of on the Willis train because of that upside. I've kind of fallen in love with the kid himself. Like the, I don't want to call him a kid, the man. Like I love watching him talk. I think he's great with the mic in his hand. Like that's where I like more than anything, but I'm trying not to be shook by some of my, the problems with that people tell us about Pickett either is uh, they said that he was the best deep ball passer in college last year. Um, I saw somebody put up a tweet that said, if we would have taken the draft profile of Joe Burrow and just removed LSU from it. And, you know, because of that team he was on part of that, the descriptions between him and Pickett would be very similar. They are. I think that's uh, a very fair comparison to make between two players. So I'm not even afraid of Pickett. 
I'm not even afraid of this Matt Corral, the kid that beat. You know, he beat up Wayne Gretzky's yeah. kid. Told but he also, had, I, I mean, he also has a uh, Corral was spent most of the college football season as the number one quarterback on most uh, websites draft boards, and he does have a bazooka for an arm. I mean, Matt Corral, he was in the same class as uh, as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields coming out of high school, and he's always been known for his arm talent. The fear I have with Willis, all right, um, is that if you believe in, like, the types of things that you're betting on, these traits and the upside, you have to believe that for more than just one year. You know, you can't get them out there and it just doesn't happen immediately and you quit on it. And that's the one requirement I have for us picking a quarterback is we haven't had any confidence in any of the quarterback selections we've made in the last five years, right? It's just like you go out there, didn't work, next, moving on, moving on, moving on. Yeah. Um, we don't need a Josh Rosen situation either. So if you're like, if you don't really commit to it and say this is a three-year kind of timeline where we're not going to figure out if Willis Pickett or any of these guys are the real answer until really 2024, 25, we'll have enough data to make a final decision. Then you shouldn't do it at all. Then like, I don't want, I don't even want this, like what's going on with the dolphins with Tua, like where it's just like, gosh, they don't even believe in, they're not giving it a chance themselves. And I need the Panthers. If we draft any of these dudes, I just don't want it to be half-assed. And that's why I don't like taking uh, quarterbacks in the third and the fourth and thinking that they're going to be good in the future. I don't think you really believe in them. Uh, maybe there's an occasional story where that's worked out. But you didn't build your organization around it either. Right. You know, they didn't. the Patriots didn't build their organization around Tom Brady. Right? I mean, it just kind of happened to work. And yeah, then I they, mean, and then dude, they did. Dude, I, I don't think you're ever going to see another scenario where a six-round pick ends up being, you know, an all-time great like that. But Except I mean, for Gardner Minshew. And uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe in your head, but in the head of no one else. Uh, but I, you know, or even like a Dak Prescott went in the fourth round. Um, but again, Dak Prescott, that's actually a good, um, you know, a good comparison too. Part of the reason why Dak Prescott fell so much was because of the system that he was in. And they didn't think that that kind of quarterback and that kind of offense would be able to translate to the NFL. Right. I I'm telling you, man, while I cannot guarantee that Malik Willis is going to have a Justin Herbert like a jump where he's just all of a sudden making these throws that no one thought that he was capable of. What I am here to tell you is that it damn sure won't surprise me. You have an incredible, incredibly intelligent young man who's incredibly likable, a very good leader, someone that I think our entire team would gladly coalesce around. I mean, imagine DJ Moore with a quarterback like Malik Willis firing on our, on all cylinders. Another thing to mention about Malik Willis, since we're on the the topic of him is that you're also going to be able to go back to RPO and using your quarterback uh, in the run game, specifically in the red zone where the Panthers have had one of the best red zone weapon quarterbacks to ever 
living is he really that dominant of a dual threat quarterback i actually think in some ways the lower competition argument makes that one more like is like i just feel like man maybe you're just the best athlete on that field well look he was certainly the he was certainly the best athlete on the field what I can say is this. When you look at the young man from a physical perspective, the dude is built well, man. He has calves that are just ridiculous. He has incredible post-contact balance. I mean, there's a reason why people are comparing his physical frame to that of a running back. I mean, that really is how he's built. He's built low I mean, to the true. ground, yeah. very, very compact. Uh, listen, I, I mean, as a runner, he does have the ability to run past you, run through you, run over you. Um, part of the criticism about Malik at Liberty was that when the play broke down, when he was rolling out to the left or the right, that he kind of took his eyes off a of downfield and he was looking running. to run. Yeah, and he was looking to run more than throw. That I think is a byproduct of him being the best offensive weapon that they had on the football field. You don't really rely on your receivers to create that separation reliably enough. So you're like, well, fuck it, man. If my number one's not open, I know I have a damn good chance of me taking off for a 60-yard touchdown. By the way, he did so many times. So it's And you know what is, to be honest, is there's a lot of differences, too, between him. He's had a lot more experience playing football and quarterback than a Trey Lance did, than a uh, Carson Wentz did. Then I, I feel like he started a lot of, you know, I mean, he's been a, what, four-year starter there, three-year starter in Liberty, like when he left Auburn. Um, and then people say, well, he couldn't crack the starting thing in, in Auburn. Well, I mean, like you could yeah, say that Justin about Joe Burrow. Field, Justin Fields wasn't named the starter at Georgia. And he went on to Ohio State and, and was right, incredible. right. So I don't think that those you know? are, but um, I yeah, think it's not good arguments. I um, again, the one concern I have with picking, um, I won't even, I don't even want to call him a project quarterback yet. Who like, was? I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's fair. Like, it's almost kind of like we don't. You just want to say people just want to say those things. Number one is like every quarterback is a project quarterback. If you think that they're going to be pro you know pro ready from day one that's kind of a you know that is a, like a haughty arrogant kind of perspective is you want these guys to be better in year five than they were on day one duh um i just think i don't know i don't know i don't got a problem with either of them i don't even got a problem with pickett to be honest yeah, I-, I just don't know about enough about matt corral but you know what fine I mean, he was coming off of an injury, so I think that that comes that that hurt. Like he got injured in his what, uh, his bowl game or something yeah, his, like that. Uh, his bowl game, he uh, had an ankle injury, but apparently he's all good now. Didn't show any signs of pain or whatever. Um, My uh, a final thing that I just want to say on the quarterback is just if you pick it, believe in it, um, and if you don't believe in it, then don't pick, don't select them. And what I, I mean is, that. like, it's, I, yeah, don't pick it. But, I mean, we just can't. It would just suck to draft a quarterback, Malik Willis, Kenny Picker, whatever, and then uh, Matt Rule loses job, and you bring in a new head coach, and they want to do something completely different. Yeah. So I hope that we have um, 
that when we make whatever decision we make at six, we're confident enough in that decision to believe that it's going to be at least a long term project opportunity uh, to improve our team. Let's go on to the next topic. Um, man, I guess, look, is the owners meetings occurred this week. We mentioned that. And Matt Rule, I tell you, um, yesterday, my entire day was taken up, was a, was a, not taken up. I mean, I got, I worked and did other things, but this uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock thing just fascinated me all day long. Just took my attention. Captivated but still, the world. yeah, I mean, it is like he did. This happened in front of the whole world. Everybody's talking about it. And somehow Matt Rule still can't fly under the radar and not get roasted. <laughs> Out of all that, man, all yesterday, my timeline on Twitter was just blown up by making fun of people making fun of Matt Rule. I have various opinions on this. I get uh, some of the eat the poking fun at the clothes and some of the things. I also understand that, like, it looks like my man is, you know, the NFL is starting to take a toll on him, as Pat McAfee said. But I tried to avoid getting too much into it because I also felt like there was a degree of fat shaming involved. Did you see the thumbnail? No, not yet. I haven't. <laughs> you should. It's, uh, I liked it, but I hear what you're saying. Um, people were um, making fun of his wrinkly pants. He didn't bring his wife to the to the meeting. There was no. He's just. He's not an iron guy. He's a throw your pants in the dryer type guy, which I've become in my lazy years. <laughs> um, but people made a lot of fun of this. Uh, it turns out he's a good dancer too. Did- it, it, it didn't seem like those two stories would go together. You look right. at Matt Rule, you look at Matt Rule in this photo, and you don't necessarily bet on him to be the guy to be cutting the rug on the dance floor. Um, and also, he's not necessarily the coach that has the justification to be dancing on a dance floor at an owner's meeting. And it's like, what do you, what do you mean? Man, of course he does. If you can cut a rug, whenever the music goes the, on, you get out there and do you it. do it. Yeah. Nah, dude, this man hasn't made the playoffs. Your dumb ass better not be dancing on no Oh, dance stop floor. that. That's and like saying Matt Jones can't go game? to the Super Bowl. Oh, dude, this guy better stop that bullshit dancing, man. You better be <laughs> dancing in the end zone when your team scores some touchdowns. As of right now, you have not garnered the ability or the wherewithal to be out here dancing, man. But that's like that's Come like on. people complaining about Cam Newton's outfits because they lost the game. Like yeah. I think you can I don't think you can put like you can't correlate his actions outside of the outside of coaching as as it is something that justifies him not wearing something like Cam I am one an MVP. I don't care what he's that what he's wearing. It's the dancing. Dude, what are you dancing about, man? You oh, stop. I disagree. Stop I disagree. Dancing. I don't even you want to think mean, about him. Dancing. It's like saying like, I don't just because oh my, I think that is exactly <laughs> the same argument as Cam Newton's outfits. Like you didn't win. Like you Cam just came Newton out here and lost. Scrooge about dancing. Yeah, no, and, and, Cam didn't want an MVP, and no, I'm not. Great. Oh I gosh, what a man! Is he saying my man can't dance? Winner. 
I want no. my coach to be a winner before he. Well, dances. he won the dance competition, dude. So, no, so, you're, so are you saying, Cody, are you saying because he is a loser, which he is, and so, you know, in football so far, professional football, he's not allowed to dance at all because he's That's a loser? right, Greg. Life is a What else can we take? You can't sometimes. eat. What else can we take? Uh, you can't. Well, but boy, bro, he's been eating. He has no, been eating. Oh, homeboy has been eating. <laughs> no doubt, man. Um, hey. And I don't want to fat shame him again. You know, look, is uh, when you are working that hard and under that much pressure, which he is, I don't know how, how hard he's worked. You know what I mean? But like. Right. There's a lot of pressure in that, and your diet usually you take faster options. You know, um, you really like have to. Um, so messed up. See, this is fat shaming. <laughs> That's what this is. This is fat shaming. It's not fair. As someone who was Am pretty heavy shaming? myself just a year ago, um, you know, life can sometimes push you towards making decisions where you just don't allocate time for your own personal health. Uh, so it does seem like Matt rule has kind of been victim of that. Um, I want to know this is why is everyone's dress so, so casual? I mean, at least I could see Sean McVay's kind of got his look going on, got the why, but everybody is like, I mean, this is a casual rule. This is short order cook. Right. Matt rule. Um, I'm a little surprised. I mean, he doesn't even have his coach gear on, which I he I guess I never saw him not wear anything but coach gear. But this is uh, a little basic. I'm not going to lie, a little basic. I mean, I don't even go to work. I mean, I guess, well, I don't know. I don't really care about his dress. Cody, what I do care about and more problematic than this picture, I do think this was fat shaming, so I didn't really take a lot of part in it. I did not take part in it either though like i laughed and i retweeted some things and some hey, different man. stuff dude andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the nfl and that man has a pot belly as far as i can see no one gives a damn about matt rule being fat they want him to be competent i, I think he could be as yeah. big as he wanted to be if he was doing things that actually inspired us to believe that the team was in good hands to this point we have not seen the wrinkles, so I, dude. The wrinkles are problematic. This is, you know, this is, it kind of reminds me of when, you know, when I was 20 or 25, you know, I would, my, my wife and women are a lot more polished generally in their presentation. Right. You know I mean? They, my wife spends time, you know, she's been preparing herself every day for 30, you know, they spend a lot of time. They're very put together. And I feel like she would be like, you're really going to wear those wrinkled pants. I'm like, oh, they ain't that bad. And then you look in the mirror and they're like, oh. Yeah, and they're so they wrinkled. Is wrinkled. They is wrinkled. Like, you need to. So I just like, man, it's a little sloppy. I ain't going to lie about that. It just seems a little college-ish. Um, but I want to play that. Will you play that clip that you sent that uh, from yep. Matt Rule? More importantly to me is, is Matt Rule's message bankrupt his coaching you know he's famous uh the set salesman uh always puts it up and i love it he always puts up this tweet from um matt rule at the senior bowl last year and he says the harder you get coached the harder we got to coach and it's like i don't know what that means coach um 
this is Matt Rule. He is doing a speaking tour. See, this is the Matt Rule dress I know right here. Just total, like it's like 100%. You know, he probably has every dollar from his contract. He didn't spend a dollar on clothes. He just gets free shit from the team store. That's all he gets. He only wears team stuff. And it's like this. Oh, wait, I'm fired. I guess I'll wear. I got a whole closet full of Baylor crap to wear. Um, Play this. This is this message right here. Matt Rule's visiting with this Florida football team. Say this. What you guys just did was really, really hard. That's a hard practice. Okay, that was long. You guys competed. And you guys finish with energy again. That's that's hard to do. That's like the, the building block of having a good team. This is a locked-in team, and I I, I, I kind of like, like this team right here. But the thing that I'll say to you guys is everybody thinks talent wins championships. Hey, yeah, we all know you need talent, right? We all get it. But guys, you, me, every coach, every trainer, we're all trying to do two things in our lives. We're trying to be successful personally, and we're trying to win a championship as a team. Most teams lose because they don't know why they lost. See, I want to coach players, guys, that love football and love practice and pay attention the whole time to practice. I want to coach players that love to run to the football. I want to coach players that love to take notes. And that, that's how you become different. That's how you become great. That's how you win. <laughs> Dude, it all just seems like typical coach speak mumbo jumbo i mean i, am I don't I even wrong? know if it's am typical I... coach speak i'm to the point where it's like i really like this team <laughs> like how do you know you've been there 18 <laughs> minutes bro that, you've been there you 18 fucking minutes you know what that told me when he did that is he saying i really like this team please hire me because yeah. i'm about to be yeah. fired like that's what i heard when he said that i really i really like this team owner or whoever yeah. decides to hire me i mean <laughs> you might, player you might be looking for a coach in a minute he sounded yeah. like i really like this hot dog put a little ketchup on it some mushrooms <laughs> after that have an ice cream sandwich <laughs> but that's not uh, win championship like, it's, it's not just, just like, a hot dog right it's the people who put crowd on their hot dogs <laughs> they win championships Dude, like i've this. never i've never seen a head coach say so much Without saying anything, anything. at all. He, he said this. He said, you got to work hard. He said, you got to. This is what he said. I want to coach people that work hard, love football, and take notes. He Nobody said, most teams notes. lose because they don't know why they lost. He said, most teams lose. I know. And they don't said know nothing. why they lost and didn't, didn't even finish the thought. I think that <laughs> Matt Rule. joke. I sadly think that Matt Rules bought into his own hype too much because he's like, I want to coach people. You know, it's like, I, it's like who it's about him. It's like, he's making them so yeah, much better. Um, and he did this. This is with that senior bowl moment. It was like, the harder you get coached, the harder we got to coach. <laughs> so get coached <laughs> so we can coach as hard as we want to. Uh, you know, I think that Kevin James would pay, play a better Matt Rule than Sean Payton. Yes, yes, yeah, that's a would. good point. That would be a, uh, a really good role for um, Kevin James. I just think this is uh, CK and I were talking about this pre show. Yep. CK brought up a good point. Is that that message? It's, it's good for a kid coming from high school to college. 
work hard team process take your notes go to the meeting be a learning how to be a, that like what does that speech do for someone who's been doing that for eight years right not You're already there like it's that was my point is is when you have these college kids hear that they haven't heard a coach talk like that right like that that he's he's saying a lot of the same stuff that like and this is why I don't think he's an effective head coach in the NFL is he's saying a lot of the same things that all of these kids have heard their entire lives in college they haven't heard it enough to be over like just like oh this is just another one of those guys but in the pros he's t- he if he's doing his uh his speeches or whatever you want to call it um like that these guys don't want to hear that that type of talk these guys want you to be a motivator you want to want you to be a leader not somebody who's just trying to get them to be a better type of the 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 guys that got to the nfl got there by doing that already like they are that type of player you don't need to be playing those those types of games with them saying like if you show up and hear all this time like yeah there's some motivation that comes into play with that but i think that matt rule has been a way more effective college coach because college kids haven't heard it nearly as much as nfl players have yeah, I'm just not um, – you know, we didn't uh, perform very well in the third quarter last year. Um, and I just continued to say, man, I feel like Ron Rivera's halftime message has to resonate so much more than Matt Rule's. Remember in yeah. that all or nothing when he's like, they punch you in the mouth. We're going to fucking punch you back. And, it's like, and you're like, hell yeah, yeah. And they were like ready to go. And then they didn't. Yeah, but we did. Still, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that sucks is like you get that riled up and then like just. If you would let us coach you harder in the bed. second quarter, we can get you better coach for the third quarter. As a Panthers fan, it's very defeating to listen to this man talk because it feels like as a fan, as, you know, Panther content creators, people who follow the team you know religiously right. follow all the updates it's like no matter what the panthers decide to do this offseason and as i said earlier like no matter what your opinion is it's just as as relevant as anyone else's who knows what direction the panthers are going to decide to go in there seems to be a bunch of legitimate answers that could all equally mm-hmm. play out in front of us however one commonality that they all share is that matt rule is going to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers in 2022. So it, it you feel like our, our, we're, we're kind of capped no matter what we do because we only have a coach that's competent enough to only take us so far. So, you know, it's it, this is going to be lingering over the head of Panther fans until it comes to a conclusion at some point this year. Matt Rule will not be justified a fourth year if this next year does not go as planned. Um, or he, he's going to turn this whole thing around and prove all of us to be haters and wrong. And he's going to coach this team to be a legitimate playoff team. Mm-hmm. And anything short of that has made this entire Matt Rule era an abject failure. Don't don't you think that kind of plays into what they're gonna they're drafting right now? Because 
if you're not planning on Matt Rule being the coach next year, I would rather draft a coach or draft a quarterback in the same year I get a new head coach. I agree. I agree with that. And I think that we learn what the future of our of Matt Rule's future from the draft. Right. If they draft a tackle, I think, man, it's like pretty much this ain't gonna work. Yeah, we're we're planning I think if they draft a quarterback, they're saying it may work. Outside shot, but may work. Um yeah, not a uh, rule is, you know, we missed, we maybe missed the boat a little bit when we evaluated Matt Rule in the beginning by one of the things is we said a lot was just because college coaches hadn't had a lot of success in the NFL doesn't mean they can't have success. Maybe we weren't suspicious enough of the challenges. I don't think I mean the college to NFL. Well, I mean, I think we should give you know Bad Daddy his credit on that. I mean, he was saying that exact same thing you're you're saying, which is like you know he was pretty suspicious about that. Um, but I, I like what here's the reality as a Panthers fan, right? What is the alternative? Like when you have that happen, you can be the guy who's like, right, well, this is right. going to work, or maybe this could. Like, let's look at the times when it has been been a success and it's worked that way. Right. And that's why anytime they do something that is outside of the norm, it's going to scare us from now on, because like we've every every avenue is like, well, we did the same thing with with Matt Rule. And then we did the same thing with Sam Darnold. And then we're like, you know, well, maybe, you know, now that it'll be under a new system, he won't be under Adam Gase. He'll have this X, Y or Z, uh, a tool together, less than, you know, less than extraordinary offensive line. Maybe he can come in here and actually rejuvenate his career. Well, we had the exact same. I mean, we could have had the, a lot of people did have the same reservations. Don't get me wrong. But I think a, a good portion of Panthers fans wanted to believe that maybe Sam Darnold could be the guy that he was drafted to be. And, uh, and yeah, now I think it's fine there. to be a glass half full guy until you realize it's not half full. Right. You know, I mean, you're right. It's like you do need to be optimistic. I won't say be optimistic, but first, what other choice do you have? Um, and it hasn't happened yet. The only, I mean, now you can say that Darnold stinks. Okay. I'm all right with you saying that we were unsure. There was a potential and look this again. I love when we make fun of fans for this, but like the team did this, not us. <laughs> they did this, not us. So uh, whatever decisions they make, we are kind of stuck listening to them and dealing with them and supporting them or criticizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I'm a, like a, I'm over this Matt Rule thing. I have been over it. I know. And I want to, I don't want to over, I don't want to be so critical that like he can't do anything right. Like the dress, the dance. Like, I mean, I don't really like, I don't want to be so prisoner of last year's decisions being the only thing that is Matt Rule. But they were so disruptive. Last season turned out to be such a, disruptive setback that you can't I just don't know how many more setbacks I can handle and I don't know what faith someone like uh, Mel uh, Mel Mayock Aaron Panthers draft like he's he's like I want him to be around for a long time and I'm like I guess like I also want there to be no poverty in the world but that ain't gonna happen yeah but hey also definitely don't be dancing Makes like Don't me. Makes like me and sit your ass down. 
He needs to be dancing, man. It's good for his health. No, he doesn't. Dude, do you see how heavy he's getting? He needs to be dancing. Let that get on a treadmill. Get on a treadmill. There's no difference. No difference. Go to a Zumba class, buddy. Dance when you win. Dance when you win. That's all I ask. Okay, I'm okay with dancing. I'd be more worried if we saw him dancing in the locker room after a loss. Like then I would understand your. I hope I see him dance. That's what it is going to be. Win to dance. Isn't that a song? I hope you dance or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, What else we got? Anything else to talk about before we get cat calls? Uh, let's jump into it. I can look at some of the Ooh, stuff. Um, yeah, we, did we talk about Christian McCaffrey's re- restructure last week? Yeah, we did. Um, I don't know if that happened last week. Yeah, not, it did. But, we, it was towards the end of the night, but we talked about it. Um, all right, hold on. I got to pull them up. Um, give me some space while I pull these calls up real quick. <laughs> Fill in. The yeah. Um, so, uh, no, well, we can mention this on the note of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Matt Rule said that they would be open to moving him around, but ultimately they feel that he's best served as a running back, and that's where he's the most dangerous and, and where you're going to get the most value out of Christian McCaffrey. Um, I do actually, I do agree with Matt Rule, uh, from that perspective. Uh, while I do think it would be good to uh motion him out more often and make him even more relevant in our passing game, I kind of think that. As a running back, you have so many more options with him behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of just think that you need to just hope that he stays healthy and hope that you have a good serviceable backup yeah. in Deontay Foreman ready to go behind him. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I, I'm, I don't like the touches argument with McCaffrey. is like, man, these guys ain't going to last in the NFL. Who knows how long they're going to last in the NFL? Just use them. Uh, I'm more concerned, actually, with... Have you seen that picture of Christian McCaffrey that's floating around? No. no. Oh, my God. This dude is... You thought he was ripped last year. He's like even more cock D's now. And I'm like, God, this guy is either on the juice. He's about to explode. His muscles are about to explode. And it's awesome. Like, his body is getting great. And you can finally see his face is starting to get older. So he's kind of like a little like an old man face on this, like, God, like a Adonis body. It's pretty wild. All right, uh, the number's 252-228-5098. Let's hear your opinions on Matt Rule. Should he dance or not is my question to you guys. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey boys, uh, Baby Rhino, um, giving you guys a call back. Uh, I, I wanted to clarify what I meant with uh, Darnold being the starter for next year. Um, it's not that I think he is. It's not what I think. It's what I think the coaching staff could possibly do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he has gotten any uh, accolades for doing anything. He hasn't done anything right. Uh, it just makes me concerned. I, I, I know we need a quarterback. We should have jumped on that last week or last year. Uh, uh, and I hope we do something this year. Um, 
But just you guys, I wanted to clarify that. Uh, it seemed like I was saying that he was a competent starter, and I'm not by all means. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the shape and direction that they've done in the free agency. And I know you guys will probably start diving in on your drafts uh, and all that stuff, but I'm just curious of where we're going to go and what we're going to do. Um, keep pounding. Thank you. Keep pounding. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, ahead, look, is that with not having a quarterback, look, until we have a quarterback, we're going to need a quarterback. Like that's just it's going to be the end of that. You take a tackle this year, we're just going to be in the same position next year in the draft, and that's really what happened last year. Is like, hey, it's just like it's just until we get a quarterback, we don't have a quarterback. And I'm with you, man. I'm like, all right, with I'm all right with us drafting a quarterback and starting Sam Darnold until we realize that he's not like the other guy gives us a better shot, or at least it's better to develop him in game. I'm all right with us drafting tackle and sort of tanking um to a certain degree for a quarterback or maybe positioning yourselves for a free agency market uh two years from you know like maybe go try to get somebody big like denver just did or you know i don't know what that would be maybe chase kyler murray or or whoever i don't know whoever the next quarterback move would be um and i'm almost all i mean i'm all like like let's just do something Let's just do something. If not, um, we're still going to be waiting for the answer in the future. Um, and I, so I just don't really even have a problem rolling with Darnold for another year, uh, drafting a tackle, and then saying, you know what, new coach, new quarterback. Um, so, like any of those things, until we get a quarterback, we don't got a quarterback. Next call. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, it's Joey, and uh, I have a question for all of you, but especially Cody since he's the draft nut. Or, well, maybe not some, well, anyway. Do you guys think that we've done enough in free agency with our offensive line that we should really go hard for a quarterback this year? Like, who is that, though? Or do you think that... We need to stick with our original plan, um, offensive line, or Charlotte will be boarded up again like in 2020, which was like in the off well, in the season, that's what we were all saying on the chat, especially, well, mostly me. I was saying, well, if they don't do something about that damn O-line in the draft in the first round, then we're all going downtown and we're all going to start riding and burning shit. So uh, do you think – it's that big of deal, or do you think we really should go after a quarterback this year, knowing that Matt Rule is still our coach, and Matt Rule has a very, you know, he has a potential to be a fool again next year. You know, should we just make Matt Rule lay in his bed that he made with Sam Darnold and beef up our O-line and wait till next year when the QBs are better, or should we get a QB this year? I personally think I would, honestly, I hate to say this, but fans who are diehard like myself will watch any damn thing. I think we should just make Matt Fool lay in his damn bed mm -hmm. and beef That's up our O-line so we mm -hmm. can just hit the ground running in two years. Yeah. Anyway, man. guys. Wow, wow, wow.
I'll, listen, I'll, I'll go fast just because my answer is very short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, Matt Rule, just like Matt Rule didn't play into my Deshaun Watson evaluation, like just like I thought Deshaun would outlast Matt Rule, I think if the Panthers, specifically the Panthers' front office, if they like a quarterback in this year's class, Matt Rule is not going to be the reason why I wouldn't draft one. Now I understand that I hear that that if you know if you fire Matt Rule, then there's the chances that you're going to bring in a coach next year who didn't sign off on the quarterback that we drafted. Um, to me, that would not be enough of a reason to prevent us from drafting a quarterback. If they like Malik Willis, if they like Kenny Pickett, if they like Matt Corral, dude, bad quarterback class, be damned. I mean, if you have your guy that you feel like can be a franchise quarterback and do all the things that a modern NFL quarterback can do, then I think that you take him. Um, so that's yeah, pretty simple for me. All right, next call. Hey, guys. It's Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy again. I got to stop yelling you tracks. Cody, you got to slow down, brother. Listen, I understand the temptation for taking Malik Willis. I don't even understand Kenny Pickett, really. Uh, if we had not thrown Cam away like we did, even though he was worn out, put the money on Bridgewater, blew it up, put the money on Donald, blew it up, we keep reaching and reaching and reaching. The difference is that Pittsburgh trades up for Malik Willis. They haven't really put the fourth, the draft capital and the money on a quarterback since Roethlisberger. So if they crash and burn, they are due for a crash and burn. If we do this, we're going to be Detroit and Jacksonville, these teams that suck all the time. Because we keep rebuilding the same project and it doesn't work. Now, I understand if we miss out on the quarterback, it's, it's a bad thing. But it's just like the damn building an airplane, guys. We keep getting in the Wolverine Wilburite airplane and we're crashing and burning. Y'all are trying to jump on the damn Hindenburg and it's already on fire. Put it down and drive the damn car. Get you offensive line fit. Or pick a defensive impact star like one of these defensive ends. If some reason none of them are there, we trade back, don't get who we want, and the quarterback is just fine. But I just do not think we should gamble because we don't have our offensive line quite solidified yet. Even if we get Dwayne Brown and free agents, I'd rather get Penning or somebody like that in the draft. We still could use another defensive line. Hutchinson, Thibodeau. I'm telling you guys, if we get one of these quarterbacks, the time to develop them, or if they're not the right one and we reach them, we get a quarterback like we have thrown the monkey wrench in the machine again. Don't do it. Greg Cole. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a valid point. Like, it's like, if you don't really believe in these guys, if you truly don't believe in these guys, then don't pick them at all. I don't care if it's the third round. I mean, that's what really gets me upset with, like, the Will Greer pick. It's like, I don't think he really believed in it in the first place. Like, it's like such an outside pick. It's like, either do it. That's what I like is the idea of a team just trading up 
may, or like, I mean, just, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we need to trade up, but I'm just saying like, either do it or shit or get off the pot. Um, so if you don't believe in these guys and if you are, um, suspect like, uh, Chuck is in this case, then you should draft offensive line. Um, but if you also, I mean, there's a, I think there is an argument too that the draft narrative of these quarterbacks not being good or not being a good class has put shade on this concept. You know, and I really would like to know if Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett were in last year's draft class, where would they be in the pecking order? I mean, would they still be after Mac Jones? Would they be at the back end of it? I think people will probably value Matt Jones and what he did from a reading the field standpoint and spreading the ball around um, his, you know, uh, ability to read the field. I think that, again, I've told you this before. I have Kenny Pickett rated higher than I would have Matt Jones last year. I think that Pickett is a better prospect. And I think that Malik Willis long-term with his high ceiling abilities also has the potential to be a much better quarterback than Max Jones. Um, I think a good comparison to, uh, or that you made, I believe a week or two ago, Tony was Trey Lance, uh, a guy who comes from a smaller school, but has the ability to run, has the power for an arm, the the cannon to be able to push the ball downfield, fit the ball into tight windows. That's something that I feel Malik Willis and Trey Lance were kind of on the same page. And Trey Lance went number three last year. So, again, Tony, it kind of goes back to that one thing that you say, too. If you like a quarterback at all in the first round, be it, you know, 25 or one, whatever it is, if you like a quarterback, you should take that quarterback. Um, And I'll pass the mic to CK after this. Because, CK, one of the things that I I hear a lot online, I hear it in our chat room, I just inevitably hear this, is that the Panthers should move drafting a quarterback down the road to next year. Kind of like what Chuck just said. Use the sixth pick, the sixth pick, draft an offensive lineman, continue to build upon this team, and then next year try and get that quarterback. Do you think that's a good idea? Because from my mind, I see it as being difficult to even be in the kind of range that you want to be in to draft your preferred quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's hard to look at this team and see they're going to be worse, right, than last year. Um, I think that there is hope, and I think it's easy for a lot of teams to say that, right? I think that is true. Uh, But it is like, I mean, I feel like we lost some pieces, but we filled more pieces than we lost, and I think that, you know, indicates to me that we're probably going to see a shift in our, in our, in our, at least our, our win loss column uh, going more to having, I'm not saying a significant amount of W's, but the problem with that is if you don't go quarterback, then now you're talking about being farther back in the draft next year. And, and, and that's the potential. I, here's the thing is if you like them, you got to go for them, right? Yeah. This can't be a scenario where you, you, like you, you can't hope that you're going to be in a position to draft the guy next year. You just can't hope for that because then you're going to be stuck with a, with a guy that you maybe didn't like as much as you like Malik Willis, because you decided to wait until next year and somebody else liked your guy more than you did. 
and traded yeah. it to the number one pick like the 49ers did what to the number two pick or number three pick last year like i mean the, the I, I if you if you like a guy it's like a bird in the hand is worth two or two in the bush if you like this guy don't sit there and wait because there might be somebody who's better you know what i mean yeah I, and 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 to add to that too next year so after the panthers have done all their restructuring next year that's when we're going to be on the hook for most of the money that we just restructured. Mm-hmm. So our so it, it kind of uh, appears to be at least that our free agency cycle next year, it's not going to be as robust as it could potentially have been this year. And it might still be this year. Um, so also knowing that too, if you wanted to trade up and draft your quarterback, if you weren't in range, but then you're not going to have a very good free agency and you're not going to have a lot of draft picks if you did want to move up and go and grab your quarterback next year. So a lot of moving parts to this, man. Yeah. Lots of different ways that this can go. And that's what I'm saying. Anyone's guess as to how this goes is as good as anyone else's. Next call. Hey guys, Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka Carolina Sports Guy. Calling one last time. I just kind of want to address something about free agency. Uh, last year, we thought we had a pretty good free agency, and and you know we thought we had won today. And of course, Hassan Raddick had an incredible gear. The one-year deal proved that he was well worth the money. He moved on to greener pastures. You know, he 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 was as good as advertised. It could happen to Bozeman. I know Bozeman said he wants to finish his career here, but we got him on a one-year deal. If he shines and does great, so he can reach the highest better. We look at Morgan Fox as a guy. I thought he played pretty good, um, and we cut him loose. Now, the one thing about Morgan Fox, I think it's because Davion Nixon is improving to a point, and being that we got him on a rookie right. deal, they could save some money by letting Morgan Fox go and put that money elsewhere, and that's why you got a guy like – Davion Nixon, and, and I think that's why Daquan Jones is let go as well. And you bring in a guy yeah. like Ionitis from Washington. Um, so I just saw this. Why isn't this news anywhere? Good. Looks like we've done a good job. I never liked the Cam Irving or the Pat F. Line deal. This year, I really like the Simons. Corbett, uh, Hecker, um, you know, Bozeman. I really like a lot of the picks. Um, but at the end of the day, when they get to the end of the season, a couple of these guys are not going to pan out. One or two of them might not make the roster. A couple of them are one-year deal. We might even get rid of guys who sign on the two- or three-year deal. You just try to throw it against the wall and hope that a few of them stick. Some of them won't. And uh, that's the way it goes. So we just got to see how it goes with these free agents. Before we really awarded is the best thing. I do really like the Xavier Woods pick. I thought that was really good. We'll see. Um, I agree with you. Is I'm not going to get overly excited excited about this free agency season. Um, I've done that in the past. Actually, you know, it's like is some of these guys will be good additions. Some won't. Some will work out. Some won't. I just don't. I'm not. I don't know why all of a sudden, like, it's like, oh, we have this really competent offseason we're having. Um, That's a lot of interesting hope to me and credit. I think a lot. I think some of that is like we're trying to shift our ire from Matt Rule creates optimism for Scott Fitterer. So we want to be like, well, look at this. Thank God we got somebody doing something that they're supposed to be doing. 
Um, I also think that it's kind of strange how much teams pay people, acquire people, trade for people, and really know very little about those people. Um, I heard them describing Xavier Woods, and they were like, "Well, from everything we've heard, he's like a really smart dude, and this and like it's like, what have you not met with him? Like, like it felt like you didn't even know who he was, and you were just like, ah, we gotta look down this free agency list and find somebody that's gonna play safety and uh, pull up the Google and Google this dude up, Google him up." I told you, man, so, we can do their jobs. We just look know, at how they put their big board together, man. We could honestly do their job. I agree. I mean, I don't think they're as cool and as smart as people like us to believe they are. Um, yeah. So, uh, interesting, interesting point there. Next call. Hi, what's up, fellas? What's up, Carl D? D? Just call and see what's going on. Carl D, yeah, it's, it's been a minute, baby. Cool. I'm with you. It bombs. It sucks that we can get Deshaun, but that's all right. If they do draft the quarterback, I say take um, Willis instead of Pickett. I'm seeing Pickett as more of a one-hit wonder. I mean, he only came onto the scene um, this past season, really, and that was the hype from the media like they did Trubisky, and we all know about the Trubisky thing. Well, he got so hyped up after, you know, one season. Anyway, oh, yeah. I just realized we got Xavier Woods. Oh, speak of the smart dude. Wow. Well, we can look at it this way, fellas. At least we can, since we got him, at least we can, at least we know that we we can find salvation in the fact that we're going to be getting Kofi Kingston and the rest of the new day, you know. <laughs> What's you he know, talking about? Pepper fans, don't you feel sour? Feel uh, sour. Oh, this is a wrestling thing. That's what that is. Because Xavier Woods is a wrestler. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Ex- bad, guys. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that that oh. is. <laughs> sorry about that. My mistake. <laughs> oh well, I don't know. He's fell off the last two seasons in Dallas. No, nah, but he played last year in Minnesota. Maybe he do good. I don't know. You tell me. Um, I do have one thing. Do you guys really think this new offensive line that it looks great on paper, but are they really going to be that good? We have no way of knowing. Hmm. We see it. All right, guys, you keep pounding. Yeah. Um. I. I. Well, let me ask you that. Is I think this is that first the offensive line can only go one direction after right. last year, right? It's like if it gets worse than it was last year, and this was actually my problem the year before. I was actually complimentary of the offensive line in twenty twenty with Teddy Bridgewater. And I didn't try to say they were a good offensive line. I just said, man, that's like the one of the better performances we've had from an offensive line in a while. Like, yeah, it was you usually bring the ugliest girl to the party and you brought like not the worst. This, this isn't the worst looking one you brought in the past Carolina last year was a downgrade from an av- a meet, you know, a below average line to a to an awful one. Um 
And look, even the coaches were just adamant about it. They didn't really know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. That's like one of the things is I almost feel like maybe Matt Rule, man, he's like going to see Xavier Woods and be like, dude, my kid's a big fan of your pro wrestling career too. Maybe, oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I just Googled your name. I didn't really know anything about you. They don't know anything. Like now, oh, now all of a sudden they believe in Brady Christensen. I don't trust anything. And my question to you, Cody, is I don't think it can be worse. We're very excited about this Boseman guy. A lot of people are excited about that. How do we get him so cheap? If he's so good, why did we not pay have to pay him more money? Why do we gotta pay like people at like Cam Irvin a lot of money? And he gets we got him on a relatively good contract. Yeah, and then a one-year deal too. So I think that maybe played into it. It's not for very long, it's a one-year deal. And on top of that, too, him and his wife have been really fantastic on Twitter and on the internet. I mean, they've been learning about the Carolina Panthers. They've been really excited and interacting with fans of the team. I definitely yeah, recommend that. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Uh, someone in our Discord even wanted us to try and get them to interview them. Uh, so that might that might be a cool thing. That we, That's we a good idea. Do, but I mean, he yeah, gave away um, a jersey for the best jersey edit and stuff yeah, like he, that. I mean, they, 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 they seem to be very cool people. They they seem to fit into the the you know the family atmosphere that the Panthers are trying to build in the locker room. Um, and I mean, look, everyone is going to question our offensive line moves until we see it fixed. I mean, that's flat out. We all wanted uh, Pat Elfling and Cam Irving to be good last year. We didn't think that they would, but we wanted them to be successful. Um, I think that we have far more reason to believe in Austin Corbett and Bradley Bozeman than we did Pat Elfling and Cam Irving. I think that they are much better players at their positions. Um, I think when you look at the Panthers wanting to be a, a run-first football team, being aggressive, big, powerful men up front, I think Bozeman and Corbett go a long way in helping us do just that. Partly, and you know, uh, you've heard me say this for the millionth time, I think Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown are going to be starters for the Carolina Panthers. So if you add those two young guys to the equation – then you add Corbett and Bozeman. Then you add Taylor Moten to this mix. It's not unreasonable to assume that this year the Panthers' offensive line could take a very meaningful, very realistic, big-time step forward. Agreed. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at this Bozeman's stats. Oh, sorry. You were talking about Bozeman. You were like wondering how we got so cheap. I'm, I'm wondering that, too. I'm looking at him. He's played two over – 2,000 snaps in the last two years, 2,100 snaps in the last two years, three penalties and uh, four sacks allowed. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I like, I just don't get it to be honest. Like what, how did we land this? Is that because I saw his name as a, like a target that people wanted, like, Oh, I'd really like to get this Bozeman. And then all of a sudden we were signing him. And I looked at it. I was like, he didn't ruin our cap. He didn't do anything. Like, how do we six five three fifteen in his fourth year? Third about to start his third year, or excuse me, fourth year out of Alabama. I mean, everything about him <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. All right. Next call. Hey guys, it's me, Connor. And so I have a very interesting Connor, what's up, bro? Uh, call to get through. So a lot of you guys, of course, may not believe me on this, but it is true. So. When I was coming home from my lacrosse game on Sunday, we stopped to eat, we stopped to eat lunch at Panera Bread. 
And at Panera Bread, I saw, I'm not even joking, I saw Matt Rule, David Tepper, and Scott Fitterer all sitting down with Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield. Yes. Oops. Now, I wouldn't say that my phone was dead when I did this. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that that would be interesting. Wow. Oh, for you guys, I know you guys probably would not believe me, but it is true. I saw Panera. David Tepper and Scott Fitterer sitting down with, with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Garden Minshew, love Panera. Oh, I love it. Hey, hey, way to man. go, Connor. I believe him, yo. Awesome. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I uh, I tell you, who would you rather have, Baker Mayfield or Gardner Minshew? Uh, dude, I would rather swallow thumbtacks. I mean, if I had really, to that's man, idea. that's kind of rude. I don't think that they would be. They would be a better. You just said that you're willing to bring Cam back. I mean, that would be better than Sam Darnold. Both Cam of them. Newton is better than Sam Darnold. Cam Newton's better than Gardner Minshew. Cam Newton is better than Baker Mayfield. Can't I believe confirm. that. Yes. Okay. I agree. Yeah, I'm not going to really argue. I mean, I don't want to argue over that. I don't think that Baker Mayfield's all that great. I think I Gardner. Right off Gardner season. How about that? that? There's your answer. I would write off the season. I would have no reason. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think Baker Mayfield gives you a chance to win. I think he's like, um, I think is, I just don't think, I think he would be no worse than Sam Darnold. Baker may wouldn't write it off bad. entirely, but it Baker would be interesting because Ben McAdoo didn't have a lot of good things to say about him when he came out of college. That's funny. Is Ben McAdoo's talked trash about all the quarterbacks Carolina has. He talked trash about Sam Darnold. He talked trash about Baker Mayfield. You know, the one guy he might like is Gardner. Hey, he played with, he had a little just, time with him in Jacksonville. Can we also just mention that Connor has already leveled up to the point of making really fantastic cat calls? Like for a minute, dude, he had you for like halfway through the call. We actually think that he's about to tell us yeah. some player that he saw at, yeah. at Panera, Panera Bread coming home. He got yeah, us. Hey, the troll, the troll game. Is strong with you, Connor. <laughs> Next call. What Pat it do, my boys? The one and only Mike, aka What up, Mike? What's going on, my boys? You know, I, you know, I, I can't always be there every Tuesday night in the chat. Holding it down with all the C3 faithfuls. You know, boy, been working a lot, you know, trying to end these streets, trying to fight inflation. Hey, but, uh, do that, do that. Just know that I'm I'm always listening. When I have a chance, I always listen. You know, you you guys are my first Panthers podcast, and, you know, it helps out out there on the road. So I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks, brother. all you do. Appreciate you, Mike. Anywho, um, you know, not a lot really going on. It's, uh, well, you know, first, there is one thing going on. First, first there was Shy Smith, you know. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Caught up in all that mm. shit. That was on Friday and for the free-for-all. Smith getting caught up in all that shit. A lot of Smiths. You know, they, I, I, I ain't afraid to say it on a... Uh, in front of the world, my last name is Smith. Oh, <laughs> and, 
and you've had a better week. Play. All right. All right. So it troubles me to see what's going on, you know, in the community. But keep moving forward, boys. Got to keep moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Um, You're right. With uh, draft, just waiting on the draft to happen because uh, I think we can go ahead and call it now that the Malik Willis pipe dream is out of the question because I could really see Detroit uh, taking Malik. And, you know, uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to play for a coach that, you know, wants to eat people's kneecaps? You know, isn't that what he says? He he likes eating kneecaps for breakfast. Um, yeah, I think he's going there. They got picks galore. You know, why not draft him to rejuvenate Detroit? You know what I'm saying? So it's trade back. That's all I got to say. You know, keep pounding Panther Pride till I die. Thank you, man, for your support. By the way, guys, we uh, have – I looked it up. Let me just pulled it up. We have – 3,470 subscribers on YouTube right now. Our goal of getting to 3,500 by the draft is in is attainable, folks. It is obtainable. We've been really growing with your help. Uh, so if you're not subscribed to the channel, I appreciate it if you just hit that subscribe and the notification bell and check out our work and a thumbs up is a, a good way to support our content in the offseason. Uh, you can see other ways to support the podcast monetarily, streaming across the bottom and things like that. But really, we just uh, we love hanging out with you guys, and you can call in at 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. Joey again. And I just thought of something, which I know is dangerous. <laughs> you know what? I kind of like to have Baker Mayfield here. Not because I think he's that good. Just to see him go at it with Matt Rule. Oh, mm. dude, I would love mm. that. You get Baker Mayfield in here, like, have Rule do that two-quarterback shit. Baker Mayfield goes, hey, coach, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you putting that bum in when you know I can play, but you're not doing your job? And Matt Rule would go after him, and then, like, of course, Matt Rule already being on thin ice, everybody would be siding with Baker Mayfield, which I don't like the proposition of it, people fighting with Mayfield because he's drama queen is an asshole. But yeah, if it gets Matt Rule to either coach like he means it or get them out of here, yeah, I'll do it. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Next go. Honestly, C3, Miss um, No here too. Honestly, C3, I actually think that we should just draft a young quarterback that can throw the ball, who can get out of um sticky situation under pressure. I don't think Sam Donald can do that. I mean, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's decent, but I don't think that he's not good for our team. He's probably a different team. But not for our team. I feel like we should have never paid. We should have never paid him eighteen million dollars something in the huge draft pick. Don't say he's he's not that expensive. We should have never played. We should have never paid um 
it's just that much money. I don't think that. I feel like just that. And I think that, um, I don't know. I hope you get either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis is probably going to be pretty good hard to get. But this year is colder. I mean, that man was on fire. But I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett, though. Um, keep going. Yeah, I think he's right, man. He's probably right, to be honest. His picket, you know, I mean, they know. I, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that's been floating around on Twitter, guys, is uh, how much of this talk about quarterbacks and this and that is smoke. Um, the pan- Some people believe that the Panthers are putting out a lot of information trying to get people to believe that they're going to be going after a quarterback in hopes that one of these tackles – pushing one of these tackles down some people think that on the other hand i feel like the panthers have just been so blatantly open about their quarterback desperation that this is just one more example of it i don't even know if it's smoke i mean all, all we've done is talk about quarterback 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 we can't i think it. it's no go ahead, go ahead. no that's all i was gonna say good we can't hide it i mean no i, I was i mean i think it's the other way around I think they're so desperate for a quarterback, they're trying to fan like, oh, well, you never know. A good offensive tackle might be there for the Panthers at number six, and, and we might draft it. Like the, the, the Panthers are in so desperate need for a franchise quarterback yeah. and a franchise left tackle that you could literally be having the <laughs> same conversation about both positions that, oh, maybe we're trying to hype up an offensive lineman because right. we want a quarterback right. to fall. Hey, maybe we're hyping up the quarterbacks because we want an offensive lineman to fall. It's like, pick your poison, man. The Panthers are in desperate need, or, well, at least perceivedly so. They're in desperate need of a left tackle. And many fans are hopeful that Brady Christensen can be that left tackle. I think that's why most people are putting uh, quarterbacks as a higher need for the Panthers right now then left tackle because we do believe in Brady Christensen. Yeah. Um, I just think from a fan perspective, imagine how much, you know, how much more excited we would be for the 2022 season. If we knew that, man, we're going to be able to watch a young quarterback this year, go out on the field and slam you would it sell us hope. You would sell yeah, us hope. You know, us hope. If you pick a left tackle, it might turn out to be the right decision in the long run, but it's not going to garner optimism until we get a quarterback. Like it's still, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're going to go out there. They're going to have rookie struggles next year as a left tackle. They will. And maybe they have like the greatest season, like Slater or whatever. And you're still going to be going, man, I wish we had a quarterback. And until then it's going to be about the future, the future, the future. When you draft that quarterback and you really believe in them, you think the future is starting to happen. <clears throat> that's where the hope is. It's just going to move the needle enough. And that's why, again, I say this. If the Panthers draft a left tackle, you can go ahead and say Matt Rule's a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. He might already be, for all we know. But yeah. you draft a left tackle or an offensive lineman here or you draft another defensive player, heaven forbid, or something like that, you can go ahead and send Matt Rule's walking papers and give the Play, give the reins to McAdoo in week 10. Um, if you draft a quarterback, you're selling us hope. 
You're selling us the future, and it might not be right away. We might not win. You know what? I don't even care if they don't even start the whole year. You're still going this. It's like we got it. We're just waiting to put the pieces around, and we don't want to rush them in. We don't want to do this. We don't want to ruin them. You know, you do basically what the San Francisco 49ers did with Trey Lance, and they they knew they took on a project. Trey Lance had more development than a lot of these. I would say is arguably needs just as much development as Willis. Malik yeah, Willis. And, and, yeah, yeah. and how about this? The 49ers might not be able to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, last time I heard, the trade market for Garoppolo is dead. Well, either yeah, that, man, it's not, sho- like his shoulder. Yeah, and either that or they're not. They're just not receiving anywhere near the comp, uh, the compensation that they thought they were going to receive for him. They said that nobody called, bro. <sighs> so they said nobody called, and I think that's. I mean, I think it's understandable. Yeah, is that he's coming off an injury? They're not even sure if he's going to be ready for training camp. So, like, I mean, who's going to trade for a quarterback that was just a game manager at best? Uh, the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems that. Dude, that's well, you know what? At least Sam Darnold wasn't there. hurt, though. At least Sam Darnold wasn't hurt. But no, but the, but the Panthers would do that. Is what I'm saying. I mean, he was he was his last year see what in New York do under a better with a better team, and not his that last he's year, the answer. His last year in New York, Sam Darnold was statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL. And you were gambling on your ability to put a yeah. different situation around him. And, it did, and, and you put and a worse it, situation around him, sadly. You put a worse offensive line in front of him. And, and then and, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. F- f- okay. You can sell us Panther fans on that for one year. You had one year to show us that Sam Donald could be a franchise quarterback. You don't get another one, man. And I yeah, mean, oh, man. well, that's sure. Is that like it's that you want to talk the opposite of hope is us trying to trot out Sam Darnold and picking an offensive lineman. That's the and, opposite and, of hope. And by by the way, I might be wrong. I'm willing to eat my words multiple times if I need to do so. But hear me now. David Tepper is not going to let Sam Darnold be the starting quarterback next season. I mean, he's not. It's not our only option. It will not let that happen. A lot of people are saying trade back, trade back, and uh, I understand that. One, I think, uh, I think the trade back is a fear move a little bit. Is like uh, that means you're scared to pick the guy that you really think. I mean, having that premium pick is so good. But I understand. Like we lost a lot of assets last year in the Sam Darnold trade and the CJ Henderson trade and the Dan Arnold, like all of these, like all these, some of the movement we, the, we just didn't, we, we thought we were loaded for acquiring picks in the future. And it just turns out we don't have any now. Like that was the strange part. We were talking about um, how good Fitterer stacks picks and and manipulate the draft. And then by the end of the season, all of those assets that he acquired were gone. Uh, That kind of stunk. Um, if you do want to trade back, do you get on the phone with Pittsburgh? And you say this is um, if Willis m- misses, uh, slips past two, we don't want to pick them. We're not ready to pick them at six. Um, if you guys want it, we're ready to deal because they got the 20th pick. And then what would they have to give us to move from 20 to six? I mean, you're having to give up at least two first-round draft picks. I think you have to. This year and next year's, you just said? 
this year, next year, and probably probably more, probably like a like a a third or, or something yeah. along the lines. There's a chart that we use on draft tech that shows you like the number of compensation. Like if you're trying to move from the 20th pick to the you know sixth pick, the sixth pick has a number value. Like that sixth pick in the draft is worth this much. So you would have to give up something of equal amount in order for that compensation to be, you know, met. So basically the the Steelers, they would have to give us uh, yeah, a first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and probably more. But my thing is this, Tony, like, what do you do in that scenario? It's like, you, you know, if we drafted a quarterback, you're selling the fans on hope. Well, what are you selling the fans on then that you just have a, a souped up roster that hopefully even Sam Darnold is competent enough to win. Behind? I think you're like, selling them the future. And that is we're building the team that we're going to try to go and aggressively get um, a quarterback in free agency yeah. slash trading in the future. Like then you're starting to parlay those picks into getting whoever that, I don't even know who the quarterback is though, that you would be targeting. You know, I mean, there's been so much movement. Stroud. But he might be the number one. No, I'm That's talking about like a veteran top pick, top mean, quarterback, like a, next year, like a, like the next Deshaun Watson, like the next. I don't know who that is, the Kyler Murray. You know, I don't know who it is at this point, but that would be one thing because they did say that they're trying to build a team that they can just plop right. a quarterback in, and I don't think you can just get to plop a rookie quarterback in and think it's going to be all great from the beginning. Maybe, maybe I mean that's like a really great scenario. That's like a plop Russell Wilson in, plop Carr in, or something like that. That's the that's one option. But I agree. I mean, I'm like that's why I'm kind of pick a quarterback. I just don't know if it's going to work. I just don't want to like. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, the land with no quarterback is a land I don't want to live in anymore. Well, yes, can, I'm can, done, tired of it. Can I ask you guys, Cody? You would probably know the best because you're the the best draft expert here. What are the odds that, like, say Pittsburgh did call us and we traded back to 20 and they gave us uh, the first round pick this year, first round pick next year, uh, a second, their second this year, and maybe just a, a player that they throw in there? Nothing, nothing special. But, and we take that. What are the odds that, like, maybe like Corral falls to us? Right. Oh, great pretty question. High. Pretty high. Because uh, I've I mean, seen, I I've seen mock drafts that high? have no quarterback going in the first round. Let me tell you the reason why I don't know if it's high. And I think Tony can attest to this too. Once it comes to draft time, the quarterbacks always get overvalued. They always get hyped up. Uh, everybody starts to get really excited about them, and then they start to go. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I really personally, um, I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee that either of them last that long. They could. But again, think of all the different destinations that a quarterback would have to go past to even get to us at there's 20. A, there's New not York, a lot of quarterback hungry places, though. Like, New York Seattle, and Washington. Seattle is one. Washington is one. Uh, another one the that Falcons. none of you are thinking about is the Falcons. Another one that you're not thinking about is New Orleans. I, I think New Orleans would love a chance at like a prospect, like a Matt Corral, you know, behind that offensive line. I mean, think of a, a Drew Brees with a bigger arm, you know, they would love a prospect like that. So 
Oh, do you hear your boy Taysom Hill got moved to tight end officially? Well, I I heard they just train more at tight end, yeah, because they signed Jameis. Um, But that doesn't that doesn't preclude them from drafting a quarterback, though. Somebody said this in the chat. I thought this was cool. Is a trade with Green Bay so they could get their top wide receiver and tell them to give us the twenty-two and the twenty-eighth pick. It's pretty interesting. I don't know. Is that what? What's his name? The Jordan Love, the guy, the guy that they drafted for Jordan Love. Man, well, he stinks, obviously. But the thing is, um, them signing Rodgers to that contract, doesn't that mean they probably don't have as much faith in Jordan Love? Or they just realize Aaron Rodgers is like the, the cat, Rogers. like the money. Maybe. It doesn't matter how good that dude is. It's He ain't better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but that Aaron Rodgers contract blew everything out of the water, and now they're a different team. They're going to need some weapons. They don't got any weapons. And Matt LaFleur came out and said they need somebody to take the top off of defense. So they're going to be looking. Uh, but they have, at two first-round picks, they have the ability to move up into the teens and get a guy. You know, or, I mean, they could. I just don't know who wants to move up to five. Is there a wide receiver in this draft that's worth moving to our sixth pick? I mean, they I don't might even know that. DJ Moore. A receiver, DJ Moore and, and Well, that's what, what Green Bay is going to need now. They don't have Devontae Adams anymore. They lost Valdez, whatever, who wasn't that good anyway. Um, they need some talent at wide receiver. Is there a receiver on the board? They would need to trade up. I think whatever, like this year's receiver class is not as star-studded as years past. So they They might might have a guy that they like that's sitting there at 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 22. All right, uh, next go. Yo, what's up, guys? Nick, hey. So just went back and I was re-watching the Stop Hitter press conference. And at about two minutes, 45 seconds in, Scott says something a little, I mean, I know it's dissecting every word that he's saying, but he says something a little, a little weird if you don't, if you pick up on it. Okay. Basically, he's asked about Sam and, you know, his thoughts on how the quarterback room is going to look. And his words were, we plan on adding a lot to that room. Yes. He said we ain't dealing with Sam. You know, the wording could be slightly off, but I know the word, the two words a lot were used. So that leads me to believe that he's looking at putting two quarterbacks into that room. Now, who do you think that is? My opinion is Cam Newton and Malik. Okay. But the other question I have for you guys, too, is if you had to take quarterback okay, in this year's draft, in the first round, which one of the quarterbacks are you taking? That is not an option. Have to take the quarterback. Keep pounding, guys. Keep pounding. Keep Malik pounding. Willis answering that immediately. Malik Willis. Yeah, my, I, my, I agree. My, he, my, he's, my, he's the top guy. Yeah, yep. we, we all appear to be on the same page, man. Um, I I think Malik Willis. If you if you bet on on this young man, I think it will pay off in dividends. There is nothing physically that he cannot do from the quarterback position. And he's incredibly intelligent, too. So I think if you give him enough time to continue to learn and grow, and when you continue to add on to the fact that he has talent here, he has guys that can actually win 
their matchups and get some separation. Imagine him throwing downfield to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Imagine him being able to run RPO concepts with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, you, you have all these different options that are available to you. I think we have the talent to make him successful. Um, and, and listen, I, I also don't want to like, okay, for example, if we would have drafted Max Jones last year, I would have been disappointed. I really would have. Because even though he's a good quarterback, I think you're already seeing a prospect who is at his proverbial ceiling. Agreed. Right? You're not, Agreed. Yes, you're, you're, not, you're not getting a player that is going to do the Josh Allen type of things you know, that you saw him do in the playoffs, right? Whereas it is reasonable, I think, to believe that Malik Willis can one day do those Josh Allen types of things. Now, when that day is, I don't necessarily know. But I'm inclined to believe that he will be able to get it done and make that kind of a leap. I don't want to preclude... Kenny Pickett from that conversation either. Yes, true. And I think that just the very fact, look, is Kenny Pickett's mobile enough? Mobile enough. Like, you don't need always a quarterback that can run around like Mike Vick. So, I mean, yeah, is it nice to be, to have super mobility and athleticism? Sure. I'd rather be athletic than not athletic, right? But um, I don't want to just say because Kenny Pickett doesn't have the most bazooka arm I've ever seen in my life that he's not going to be able to be successful. Peyton Manning didn't have a bazooka of an arm, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I mean, and like, is that, and so what I'm saying is this is like, as long as your arm isn't a hindrance to your, your success, right. Which I think that Kenny Pickett can make most of the throws. He's just not going to be able to throw off his back foot in bad situations Right. And in a missile like manner, but that doesn't mean he can't be successful. So yeah, I don't want to just is on par with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I just don't want to exclude him from the conversation because he doesn't have the most elite traits we've ever seen in a prospect. Well, I mean, right? it, it's I think it's it's fair to say that you know at least in my opinion, I don't think any of us are saying that he can't be good. Right. But when your question is, if we can choose any quarterback in this draft, I would pick Malik Willis. Doesn't mean Kenny Pickett can't be good. That's basically saying, like, you know, Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, th which one would you pick? Well, you're not going to be wrong on either one because both are incredibly good at the game of football uh, and at the position of quarterback. Um, you know, it's possible both of these guys are very good. But uh, I just I'm, don't I'm want. I don't want to get locked into what, what this guy is now, like what Cody was saying for Mac Jones. Well, and, and I'm I think glad you this is just okay. like, is I think about just back to the Cam Newton draft is like, people are like, they're playing scared at that mm -hmm. point. And they're playing for what's the, what's the guy who cares what he's going to do in week one. He's a rookie. He's not supposed to be at his best. And they were telling us Blaine Gabbert was a more pro-ready quarterback. They told us that Jimmy Clausen was a more pro-ready quarterback. Yeah. And ultimately, that just means they played in bigger programs and they saw them play with higher levels of talent that then allowed those offenses to be more complicated. 
right? When you got the best offensive line in college football and you've got all of this talent, you can do all kinds of crazy shit, right? But a lot of these guys, all these half of these pro-ready quarterbacks, they're still holding up faces Obama, and that means something on the sideline. It's like, come on. It's like, um, I just don't like this. I think that's playing scared. Can can I go back real quick to this Mac Jones comparison we were making a minute ago when we were talking about if you drafted Mac Jones last year, you'd have been disappointed. I just compared the stats. Mac Jones had a better rookie year than either of Josh Allen's first two years. I don't know any reason why we, we have any reason to say you couldn't believe in Mac Jones or you don't you think he's hit his ceilings. We've seen him in one year, just like we were just saying. And he did well in that one year. Yeah, because but he did better than Josh Allen in his first two years. But here's Just the difference. And rating. Here's the difference is when Mike Jones, Mac, Mike, I can speak. Mac Jones <laughs> came to the NFL like he was considered the most NFL ready out of any of the prospects. I mean, but it was funny. known that he didn't have the the ability to get better. Like, and I'm not saying he can't be more of a Tom Brady esque, like being able to get the ball distributed correctly and be more cerebral, but. The reason Josh Allen was is he was drafted as a project. And right now, Josh Allen is showing that that project is paying off. Yeah, Josh Allen has the long it. bet. It's the right. long bet. It's like, yeah, you can make some money playing black and uh, red and roulette, red and black. And but that's like you're not ever going to make a giant amount of money. And I think this is, again, going back with Josh Allen, though, credit to the Bills for sticking with them. Yeah. Yes through right away is that we get so quick to change gears they gave him time to succeed i think you're going to need to give Pickett any player i don't care who it is any player that is a, a an unknown commodity you have to give them enough time to find out what that commodity is right and I'm so um, um all right next call hey guys it's joey again you know what? He I just wants to growl. I don't know if to call it a joke, but could you imagine Matt Rule on The Biggest Loser? <laughs> I think even my blind ass would watch that. <laughs> I think he might be able to win. Are we that. not already watching it? Anyway, oh, so yeah, much. I mean, he is The Biggest Loser. On the NFL stage, he's certainly the biggest. Yeah, not the biggest, but he's not. He's in the front running. Wow, wow, wow. I hope he turns it around, man. I tell you this, as you draft a rookie quarterback, you might be able to sell us enough hope. You go out there, you win a few too many games and do some things, and we start believing in the future. We might be listening to those Matt Rule te- uh, speeches and being like, man, Malik Willis wants to be coached hard. Wants to be coached hard. Next goal. Yeah, I really hope we do go with the QB or get like a franchise guy because I I'm tired. I mean, it's the second off season that we're having this where we're like we're all like, uh, who's our quarterback? Sam Darnold plays. We're gonna do terrible. We had that conversation with uh, Bridgewater last off season, and we got uh, Darnold thinking he can like revive his career coming from the Jets to Carolina, but he unfortunately didn't. And now we have the same conversation. Who the hell is going to be our quarterback? <laughs> now if we go offensive tackle, I'm still thinking who the hell is, our, yes. is going to be our quarterback. Yes. And, I mean, if we do, I mean, we're going to suck next year. We're going to be mediocre at best. And then 
in that offseason, we'll have the same conversation again. Who the hell is going to be the quarterback? I'm just so tired of having this conversation. I just hope we get our franchise guy through the draft. And The land without a quarterback is a scary land to live in. And I want you to go back to the tape. And this is not me being a told-you-so person. Um, and not a receipt thing, but I was very, I've been a very, uh, vocal Cam Newton supporter from day one because I felt like for the first time in a long time, we had a quarterback to believe in. Yep. Maybe he wasn't going to do it from day one. I mean, even though he was exciting from day one, he was exciting as fuck from day one. I ain't gonna lie, but we lived in a land with a quarterback and so many people were hypercritical of cam newton they always wanted to tell us all the poor crap he did how he wasn't the most accurate and they were right in some degree like his footwork wasn't always the best sometimes he he did throw the ball high he did throw like his mechanics weren't always the the best thing Sometimes he didn't. He wasn't. I always thought Cam needed to see a route open and rather than anticipate a route. So he threw to a like he needs to see him break away. And then that was one of the things that gave a problem when his shoulders started to wear out is he's so used to being able to catch up with that, that you have to then anticipate. And I was wondering if he he's going to be able to evolve as a QB. That was my next question is how does he evolve into the next phase of his career? But I always told people this is, when you're focusing all the things that he doesn't do perfect, you're forgetting to talk about all the shit he does do that's awesome, which is survive behind all this offensive line. Give us a chance to win. And I told you this is that and that's the whole thing with Cam Newton being gone is we are in the land with no quarterback. Yep. You are a ship floating on the ocean with no captain and no direction. And somebody did say something about the Sam Darnold as like, I tell you this, I ain't ever seen in my life an organization throw so much shade on a quarterback that they might actually have to play next year. (laughs) Like they're just like, man, we really need uh, to get better at this court. We're going to add a lot to this quarterback room. We're going to add like, man, it's like poor Sam. I almost feel bad for the guy at this point. He is a punching bag, dude. He's a punch. No, I think. I feel bad for none of these dudes, not because, like, dude, it's, it's nothing personal, but we're so done with the incompetence, right. man. It's like, dude, you've had four years now. Now it's going on your fifth to show something. I agree. I agree with that. But I think this is I just don't like to see. That's fine that that's the case, but I don't like to see Matt Rule and Scott Fitter being those guys that are doing the dumping. You know, it's like, I mean, gosh, like you're the assholes that picked them. Next call. Hey, this is Pastor Pickle, fellas. Listen, here's what I think. Like this upcoming draft. Um, As it stands right now, and we get some time before the draft, well, maybe a month or something like that, but but I, I so things could change. But as it stands right now, they got two tackles they love. They got three quarterbacks they like. And right now they hoping like hell that one of them sons of bitches is there at pick six so they can draft them. But you never know. I still believe either Detroit would take Malik Willis at two or somebody is going to trade up and take him before the Panthers. 
But we'll see. Y'all have a great day. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Joey. Oh, again. Joey again. Fourth time. Good Lord. And Prolific. I heard you guys talking about something that brought up, that made me think of something really interesting. And that is that all that hope and all the, that false hope that we've been sold for even back before Matt Rule in, in what was it, 20, 2019, which actually that wasn't false hope. 2019 was not false hope because Cam Newton was supposed to be back from his, you know, from his surgery and all that other stuff. That's where that hope came from. But definitely for the past two years, being sold this snake oil by Matt Rule and by David Tepper, okay, do you think they would want to do something in the draft that would, like, do the same thing? I don't think they – I think they know that we aren't very happy with them. I don't think they want to, I don't know if they want to continue selling us this false hope by, oh, we'll just try this quarterback because we've already done that twice. It's already failed quite spectacularly. They're drafting a quarterback, dude. I think they're Actually, drafting quarterback. Three times because we brought back Cam in the middle of the season last year. So they keep selling us this hope, and I think they know that we're at our wit's end. I think the only I think they know the only thing that would make us happy as fans is at this point firing rule because I don't think a lot of people think that he could remotely have a year and turn turn this thing around. I mean, there's like a point. Oh 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 one percent chance of that happening, but I think it might be able to happen. What do you guys think? Wow, wow, wow. I, I think they're drafting a quarterback. Last call. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Kevin from Charleston, man. I'm in the club with Matt. Ooh, what's up? We party, we dancing. Let's go, Matt. Wait for the beat drop. Wait for the beat drop. Wait for the beat drop, Matt. Wait for the beat drop, Matt. Here comes, here comes the drop in. Did you uh, hear Pat McAfee talking about Matt Rule? Uh, no, I know he did. I didn't hear it though. Yeah, Man, being the, the it was uh, it was pretty hardcore. Is like uh, they're talking about he aged. He's aging like a president. <laughs> they said that he was. They are worried about him. One of the guys on this uh, panel said that they're worried about his that. liver. That he's been drinking in that. Uh, all he's been doing is just hitting the sauce and watching film. Uh, and then they heard this mess about the dancing. And he said, Pat Manow, uh, Bill Belichick wasn't at the owner's meeting. So this joke was kind of inaccurate. But he was like, can you just imagine Matt Rule and Bill Belichick and them going, two time, two time. <laughs> what is it? How's it go, uh, CK? Now to the left. Oh, uh, yeah. To the right. Uh, what is it? Oh, it was. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, the. Uh, one time. One time. <laughs> like whatever uh, that is. And I was just like, guys. Uh, yeah. To the right. Everybody, clap your hands. <laughs> and he's just out there, just having a blast. All right. Um. 
Leonidas, we didn't mention that as that. I was one. I haven't. That's been a quiet signing. The Panthers added defensive tackle. A lot of people like him. From he came from Washington. I think the Panthers are drafting a quarterback. We've got a month uh, to continue to debate and argue over it. Things like that. We'll see what else unfolds in free agency. I mean, there is going to be another wave. I feel like we're actually probably at the end of pre-draft free agency. I don't think you're going to find a lot, a lot of signings in the next few weeks. I think that people are going to be waiting to see how the draft unfolds and then you'll get another wave. Um, And to the last caller that was talking about, uh, and maybe as Joey was saying, this is that they got to do something. They got to sell us something. One thing we've learned about Matt rule and Scott fitter and all this, they read the headlines. They were on Twitter. Um, and I mean, they are always, they are listening and maybe too much at times. Matt rule is listening to what we have to say. They, I, I saw, uh, I saw Scott fitter, uh, mention, he's like, I know a lot of people talk about spot rack or sport rack. He called it sport rack spot rack, but the cap website, the salary cap website, like, and he was like, and he's like, but you guys got to remember, we got to hold back some money for picks. We got to hold back some money in free agent. I just thought it was kind of interesting. He knew the website name, like he was mentioning it. I was like, "You're probably you're looking at it with us. You're reading what we're saying, and then you're going to check it." I mean, like, hey, get that. All right, uh, that's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We got one left, one last thing to do. Uh, first, I need you all to support, subscribe, man. Let's hit that thirty five hundred and beyond by draft night. We're gonna have a big, big big draft party this year we're gonna start working on some of the the logistics of that and we got one last component um that's ice up picks we're gonna ice some fools up who wants to go first you want me to go first i think we should just do the collective ice up that we all know we're gonna do jada pickett smith uh chris rock i mean he's legitimately gonna need to ice up yeah. Oh man, did you hear? Uh, so, like yesterday was just like the greatest day of the internet. So somebody like I couldn't find it, but somebody put up immediately when Matt Rule says seven year plan, and then it was like Will yeah. Smith smacking him. Dude, that that's a moment in history. People are going to remember this time when Will Smith walked up on stage and fucking slapped <laughs> another man. Somebody said the- his mouth. The first he's that's the first hit he's had since um summertime. I saw that one. <laughs> Somebody put fresh prints. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris, uh, Chris Rock woke up with uh fresh prints. <laughs> yeah, uh Chris rocked. I'm gonna ice up Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes. I think she is the impetus for this i hate to say this is actually i don't know i don't hate to say anything i don't care it's like uh um, i'm a little stunned that will smith did this i just want to like i want to add the keep my wife's name out i want to add that as a like a button here so that when you just said jada i was just gonna press it like yeah (laughs) i know for real um i was like i would just wouldn't expect this out of uh will smith um, and not that like I really even care that much that somebody he hit somebody like it's the worst possible thing that ever happened. Um, I'm going to ice up too. in part of this is this whole people that try to shame us 
by make that they're making fun of people with alopecia. Like, uh, I hate this. It's like, first of all, I barely believe this girl got alopecia. I think she's just old. Is there not an argument that you're just losing your hair and you're old? Like, if you have alopecia, don't you really usually, and I don't, I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to fight over it, but like, I feel like that's a condition that people have like their whole lives too sometimes, right? It's like young people. I remember there was this quarterback that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He came from Tennessee, played with Alvin Kamara. We tried yeah, to try. Ryan we- Shazier, that's the guy that damn near broke his neck. Uh, no, no, no. He was a linebacker. It was a quarterback. And we wanted to trade. He beat our ass one year in the fourth quarter of a preseason Mason? game. And we, what's that? Mason Rudolph? Nope. Before him, black guy. Ooh, um, um, I can't remember true. his name. I want to feel like it was, it's not Matt Dodge. That was a punter. Was it, remember, he was an astrophysicist too. That was the other thing. He majored at Tennessee in like some crate, like, so he's super smart and all of this. And I was like, uh, so the Panthers were reaching out to him and this was back when Jordan Rodriguez was a reporter here to trade and they, she said uh something like Panthers may show interest in this dude and I said man I like him I said even if he don't got no eyebrows and uh she's like don't you know he has alopecia and I was like no I fucking don't know he has alopecia yeah, and he still don't got eyebrows asshole like I mean yeah. like I'm sorry. I looked at him and he didn't have Josh Dobbs. That's who it was. Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. So um, I thought this, I thought Chris Rock's joke was uh, tame. I mean, it was the most mild joke. On top of that, he is an insult comic. Like, that's why you bring Chris Rock on the stage to jab and jest the crowd a little bit. And isn't there a history of roasting a little bit at these? Yes. But there was a history of roasting with uh, Rock and Jada Pinkett, too. Because at at one point in time, she was boycotting the Oscars, and Chris Rock was the host. And uh, Chris Rock went on stage and was like, uh, Jada Pinkett boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. (laughs) (laughs) And dude, my thing is this Jada Pinkett is a woman who has been in the public know for over 30 years. She's famous. She had her opportunity to make light of it and laugh about it. Instead, she had to roll her eyes. Look, let me just keep it a buck with you, man. I know what it's like to really be disabled. You have to laugh at it, man. You have to laugh at the circumstances that you know yeah. that that you're given in life, dude. Who gives a shit that her hair is falling out? It doesn't mean that she's above being joked at and being ribbed at when she's at the Oscars. And Chris Rock, of all people, is the one roasting her, man. Yeah, it's just like such a bear. But here's the the reason I'm icing it up is because I think I don't like her. No one does. And I don't like her because of, like, do you remember, we talked about it on this show last year. It was another one of our Ice Up picks. When she humiliated him and cucked him. Yeah. on Like, and they had that weird, awkward interview where she's like, ah, these are my feelings, but I want to sleep with these young men. 
And like poor Will Smith. I mean, I'm not saying first I said this. I didn't like Will. I was like, man, have some backbone, Will. That's what everyone's been saying. But I think this is I almost felt like Will took out the frustration of his personal life on Chris Rock in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he almost tried to use this as a moment like I'm a dog. And I can defend my wife's like and like trying to impress her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was crazy. I thought it was insane. I've never seen anything like that. He smacked the fucking shit out of him, dude. I mean, he hit that yeah, dude yeah. hard. But hey, his his release. I mean, he might need to work on his foot uh, work a little bit, but his release yeah. was on point, bro. And uh, quite honestly, I don't know. He had a great follow through. Um, and I, he was Ali. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think we should probably look into trading for Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best tweet I saw about it all day though. Yesterday was if Will Smith would have done that shit to Dave Chappelle, he would be an hour three of uninterrupted Jada Pinkett jokes. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you want. Uh, I don't know. Look, it's like, look, it sucks. I guess it sucks. Like, yeah, sometimes people's feelings get hurt. I'm not trying to defend Chris. Like, I'm not defending Chris Rock nor criticizing him. I saw somebody else bring a different perspective, which I didn't really think of, but they were talking about how this was the first time that a black man has been nominated for what picture of the year or whatever it was that he got for the King Richard with it, not being like a controversial figure with them, not being like a playing the part of somebody who was a gangster or, you know, whatever. And this was a moment for black people and black people ruined it for black. That's what this guy was talking about and stuff. And I thought, I thought even that was a little, I mean, like I didn't even think the joke was that, I don't know. I'm surprised that Will well, Smith got that. The 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 guy up. that was directing the the night the Oscars was a black guy, and then uh, the next award that Chris Rock look kudos to Chris Rock for staying so professional. The next award that he was going to present was like a lifetime achievement award for Quest Love, and it was a big time moment for him. His father had died, so. Yeah, it was a big time moment for a lot of different people. And even how about this? Will Smith won the Oscar for Best Actor on the right. same night. That was dude. the thing. Uh, and he uh, apologized that was the to the Academy before he apologized. Oh, he didn't never. Yeah, he never and apologized that, to Chris Rock. That was some real sucker shit. Because one, you attacked him. He's four inches shorter than you, fifty pounds lighter than you. You mm-hmm. knew he wasn't going to retaliate against you, and then you don't even have the gall to apologize to him in the same night, bro. He's well, I saw this one guy said this uh, the, the same guy that was talking, the guy that was critical of what Chris Rock did. Then I was talking, uh, I saw on Facebook, and he is a he's a big time writer. Like he write, he produced this show on NPR that I listened to. This like serial comic, it was pretty cool, but um. He said this is that Chris Rock wouldn't have done that to a Samuel. He wouldn't have made that joke about Samuel L. Jackson's wife. Like he thought he could get away with it with Will Smith. Like Will Smith was a pussy. Will Smith was I think this is like stretching it so much. I just thought that was be able to get away with that to anyone. Yeah. 
we'll, especially we'll if you're an actor that, making yeah. millions of dollars. But he said wasn't even that disrespectful. And Chris and Rock, he's a bit, fucking did, comic. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. did you hear Jim, uh, Jim Carrey said that he should sue? him for 200 million dollars today because basically chris rock this image of chris rock getting slapped is gonna haunt his career forever yeah i don't know if it'll haunt him i think chris will probably sell more now than he did before yeah but i mean there's gonna be this 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 constant like it, it, it's sort of like when Josh Norman got uh, stiff armed by yeah, King the James, memes, right? The memes yeah. Every time you post something on Twitter, it's going to be uh, somebody coming back with that meme on there. It's just going to be constant. His entire career uh, of people who want to heckle him are going to be just using that. Hey, you, why don't you go get bitch slap again or something like that? You know, it's just going to be uncreative assholes are going to be utilizing this as ammunition. He's got to uh, go full Dave Chappelle now. He's got to come out with a Netflix special that is just dedicated yep. to fucking up Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. Like all just, comedians, all comedians are unanimously on Chris Rock's side. They are, because, and yeah. I just I, I, this is all her fault, man. She humiliated him for over a year, and this is She's just a an, sorceress. I don't like her. All right, that's my ice up pick. Anybody yeah, else got man. something? Um, no, yeah, I, I do have one. Mine's really short and sweet and to the point, so I'll just uh, go ahead and get mine up. I'm icing up uh, Antonio Brown. If you think that you meet, if you think that you've met Pitbull, the actual artist Pitbull in the streets, maybe you should confirm that it's actually him first. That's not Pitbull, by the way. He's still wearing that fucking glove. What is up with him in the mic? He's been wearing that glove for a minute. He said, hey, I love you, Pitbull. He said, I fuck with the music, man. He's like, you know, I just parked the car for this asshole over here, but all right. But dude, that's hilarious to me. He's so stupid. He's dumb. Yeah. Nice so, uh, I'm icing up and turning around. So, Bat Daddy, you got one, something? Why would yeah, you got... even want Pitbull's oh, autograph? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got one real quick. Let me share this. Um, okay, so we see a lot of uh, media on television and streaming services nowadays, and it's it's crazy some of the things that my kids watch that I'm thinking, man, I would have never been able to see this stuff or just wouldn't have been able to be, for me to be viewed when I was younger. And Disney still seems to share those same kinds of mindsets i guess but it seems just a little extreme so check this uh if you can put that up there so falcon and winter soldier they're editing the blood out and this is an example here you see this top here all this blood up here they're editing that out for kids to censor blood and violence like i get it to a certain extent i mean it's kind of like the way they did clone wars how whenever a clone would go down you'd always see his foot move at the end so that way you know he was dead type thing it's just weird it's weird in this day and age with the stuff on television that kids have access to that this is the kind of stuff disney's hung up on so i'm icing disney up for that it's crazy all i could think of is uh mortal Kombat for super nintendo where they had the gray blood rather than the red blood yeah but also, if you, right. you, Disney, had have, like, un, you had to unlock it, yeah. But Disney produced Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They produced all this. What does it do to them to retroactively go back and remove it now? 
They're the ones. Why don't they just change the rating for it? They knew that it was going to be on Disney. Well, why don't they just change the rating? Like, I mean, just because I have Disney doesn't mean I I want adult content as well. If I got Disney Plus, that that terrifies me before Deadpool comes to the MCU. Like, right? If they're not if they're not going to be able to handle a little blood and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how the fuck are they dealing with Deadpool? I love the Punisher, bro. So we'll see how they do. Like, what's going on with that? Uh, CK, you got anything? Uh, mine was just going to be just simply, you know, it was going to be way too easy, you know, low hanging fruit with uh, Chris Rock, literally icing up uh, due to the uh, the the smack face. face. But I think that, right. that should implement a uh, a celebrity boxing match. If there should be one, that should be. Oh, you don't want to box Will Smith, though. Man, that mug's trained. I don't know, dude. You see his footwork. He lost all of that training because he did not have any of that training. Like he was he did not do a very good job trying to. The dude was just the thing that was so bitchy about that was like Will Smith has had that training. And if he was wanting to be a man about it, he would have done his normal, like, you know, make it actually like a proper hit. The dude waited till he got up there and then did this slap that was just so impossible to see coming to be able to defend yourself that it would and then walked off like like, yeah, it looked mean, like he thought he was going to lean in and say something to him. Right. And, and whisper then, something to him, and then he just got smacked. I will say this: I'm more more embarrassed getting slapped than I am getting oh punched. Oh God, that's why that's he what, slapped instead of punched. I believe my my wife said, "Well, why didn't he? Sla- Isn't that a bitch thing to do? Is slap him?" I'm like, "No, that is the most insulting thing he could have done to Chris Rock." Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We'll be here on Friday with the Friday free for all. Uh, we've got some other content we'll continue to put out. Check out the YouTube shorts when they come out. Uh, the podcast is on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your um, wherever you get your podcast at. We appreciate you uh, downloading, subscribing, thumbs up, and sharing. Just share with a friend. Uh, let us help us grow in this offseason. That's kind of like what our plan is in the offseason is, um, is kind of just continuing to spread the word about the podcast that never stops. Um, and until next week, I'll say keep pounding. You can see everybody's tags uh, um, on yeah. the screen. And uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here. I can do this. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.